and once again, it's the only podcast around this town, the Moron Voice Audio Show. I'm the host of the show, Ian Lawrence Junkins. I'm once again recording at my uh, little practice space. I don't know if you can hear this wonderful music. We kind of playing a new metal riff earlier. I was getting kind of a uh, Alien Amp Farm vibe from it. Kind of had a little bit of a boogie. So hopefully this background noise isn't that distracting because I have a cool guest. I'm really enjoying having some different people on that I really haven't talked to that often. So I get to sit down and get to know somebody. Makes it for a different kind of fucking podcast. Not just me smoking weed and like pounding coffee feeling like I'm going to throw up. We'll try not to throw up. This is uh, <laughs> my new friend, Josh Bankhead. Hello, Ian. Hey, Josh. Thanks for coming on the Moron Voice Audio Show. Thank you for having me, man. Like I'm really, I was, ha- really happy to be here. Right before we started recording, I was saying, that's a very cool ass name. Kind of thought it was maybe an internet name. Like, I thought maybe you grew up at, like, with some sick bank spot and you were skating it. Or maybe you worked at a bank, I thought. No. I, none of those. I'm not that cool, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, yeah, no. And I was saying it, it is uh, it's a name that caught me a lot of shit as a kid. So, I was, uh, I was a little bit... Uh, remiss about it when I was young. I kind of resented my parents or my dad anyways for giving me this name and then as I've gotten older I've, g- I've come to grow into it. You heard it all. Shithead. Fuckhead. Warthead. You name it. Uh, yeah. You know. You gotta figure like the second and third grade imagination like there's not a lot of curse words. There was a lot of like other interesting stuff. War- like Warhead. It's better than football. Well I don't know if it's better than football head. I don't know if you're familiar with the show called Hey Arnold. They yeah, called him I'm football very head. Remember great that? Soundtrack, yeah, they, great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Great and great art style too. Yeah. That city. Yeah. Why aren't I there? You know what I mean? The housing. Those are like the most beautiful apartments I've ever <clears> seen. I don't want to get too off on a tangent too early but I got introduced to jazz music through skateboarding. If anyone doesn't know, I like to skateboard. Um, so, like, the first stereo video and the uh, first blind video with Mark Gonzalez, like, that kind of, like, keyed me into jazz. Right. And I grew up near San Francisco, and to me, San Francisco and New York are, like, the polar ends of the country. Right. Very similar. For skating, for hip-hop. For yeah, all, just you know. gritty cities, and jazz is, like, a big part of both those cities. Right. And uh, I've always kind of had a weird connection with that and hey arnold spoke to that dude my kids were watching it and i was watching it with them that one um ed ed and eddie and um took me a while but spongebob i grew on spongebob i didn't like it i was of the age i think i was probably seven when that came out so that was just for me spongebob ed ed and eddie has some good music too that set that uh has like a whistling uh theme song yeah it just it was just a fucking weird show that like i tripped on like just how like, that's a weird a, art style and like kids with a plank of wood that are like you know oh, like yeah, yeah. It, it was weird but also very familiar what so about that kid jimmy do you remember this one he has the the brig braces around yes, his head yes, and he's like, yes. Ah, isn't his sister like are, aren't his sisters like the bullies of the neighborhood he's homies with ed's sister who's like this crazy bitch who yells yeah, all the okay, time yeah my memory on that's going to be a little soft, but I, mine's probably. I just saw a lot growing up, but I mean that show was. Fun. I think my mom hated it. I'd watch that and I'd act like that Ed guy, like the stupid ass one, and she'd be like, "My son's a fucking idiot." <laughs> you know, this I was just. Great. I thought I was being cool because it's like he was my favorite in the show. Little that's did awesome. I know I was acting like an idiot. I, I I wrote notes down before, like I literally we talked. I, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything, and I did not put Ed Ed Nettie in the notes. I didn't so either. But. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how we got there. Uh, but well, yeah, th- thanks for for coming on. I so j- just to get this out of the way, I do have some coffees, and yes, I stopped at Aromas. It's probably like the third time since I was bitching about it, but we're drinking that. I, I actually messaged you one day. I think I was listening to your show, and I was like, I don't know, man. 
that around the world. So I work at BIW, and there's not a lot for coffee there. There's like a coffee by design place, which is kind of a pain in the ass to get to, but they make good coffee. It is good. They make really good pastries. That's another good draw. Um, but Aroma Joe's is on the way twice. There's one right there in Bath and one in Brunswick, and it's like on the way home. And I found out, stumbled into one once, and uh, I thought they just made like energy drinks. And that's what I'd heard about them. It was like only like monster drinks and a stuff. A lot of people think that. Yeah. Okay. And I, I was like, why would a coffee place only be known for – and it turns out they have this really cool single source bean thing called Around the World. So I usually will get that when I go in there. And it is better than um, it could be. Right. Yeah. And they're – It's really not as bad as I make it out to be. Their house blend is not my favorite. And their dark roast is like not that great. But this one I like. And, it, and it's been a different it, – there's been a different incarnation of it every time, like every couple of months. And each one, I'm like, eh, it's pretty good. So, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not that it. picky about like light or dark roast. I just like, it has to just taste good. And we also have, you brought a, a little present. And we're, we're, I'm using the Moron Voice Auto Show official coffee oh, maker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Let's talk about this. It's an all-woman-owned company up in Deer Isle. My wife is texting me these, this information because I did not know all Where's this. Where's that near? Fuck if I know, dude. Where I was hoping you would Deer? know. Deer Isle. Prescott Isle? I don't know. I have no idea. Just so you know, I, <clears throat> I'm i from away. Yeah. I grew up near San Francisco. We were just kind of talking about that. Um, I'm originally from a town called Livermore, California, which is, has its roots with the same Robert Livermore who's from Maine. He moved out to where I'm from. Right. Bought a bunch of land, and they named the town after him. Um, so Livermore is where the Altamont exists. And if you remember in the 60s, the Hells Angels had at a um, – they had a show at this place called the Altamont Speedway, and it was the Rolling Stones, Grateful Dead, and I think it was like Hot Tuna or one of those other 60s bands, and it went awry. It went from like the Summer of Love to like, oh shit, like people are crazy and killing each other, and so some Hells Angels guys like shanked a dude at the show, and, and he died. Really? Yeah, I don't know if they shanked him or they beat the shit out of him, but either way, this guy died, and um, that was in my hometown. Wow. Yeah. So that's where I'm from. Right. Uh, Sam Fran is known for a bit of the hippie movement, right? Is that where the dead was from, or am I de- tripping? De- no, the dead are – so they're – technically they hail from San Francisco, but they're actually from South Bay. They're from where um, Stanford is, which is uh, – the name of the town is escaping me, but it's um, Palo Alto. Okay. So they're from – all those guys grew up in Palo Alto or moved there, and they all met there. Jerry Garcia actually grew up in San Francisco. His mom owned a bar in, um, like, the Mission, which used to be a really rough neighborhood. Um, I might be making that part up. But they, there was an area, it would be like how people think of the old port here, like, in, like, the 70s and 80s, where it was, like, a bunch of surly dudes who work on ships and shit. There used to be neighborhoods like that in San Francisco. And her, his mom owned a bar in that town. And his family are musicians. I know way too much about Jerry Garcia. I'm sorry. You um, love the Grateful Dead. I, I do, but I didn't grow up loving the Grateful Dead. I came to love the Grateful Dead as an adult. Same. As I'm a, just getting into them past like two years or whatever. <clears throat> as a kid, I was like, fuck the patchouli stink hippie scene. I hated it. I could have yeah. seen Jerry play when he was alive multiple times. Like a lot of people would go, hey, we're going to the – because I grew up right outside Oakland and um, they would play the Coliseum all the time. And the parking lot would be fucking patchouli stink. It would just be dudes making grilled cheese sandwiches and Volkswagen buses What'd and you all hear? that shit. And I just didn't want to go. I was not into it. I was into punk. I was into skateboarding. Oh, and I didn't me. want to do it. Yeah. So, it. yeah, my dad was always like, well, if you want to go, I'll take you. But you're not going with your goddamn friends. And I was like, I don't want to go anyway. So, yeah. but come later in life, I uh, I was in college. These dudes were watching a surf video and they were 
watching. I I went to uh, we were just talking about. This. I lived in Monterey. I was going to college there, um, and CSU Monterey Bay. These dudes were watching a surf video and they were listening to this like jazzy fucking blues stuff. And I was like, "What is this? This is like what what movie is this?" I'd seen some old surf videos, um, like uh, Morning of the Sun, I think is one, like Jerry Lopez and okay. shit, like old school '60s, '70s, sh- early shortboard dudes, um, and they had all these cool soundtracks. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm trying to broaden my horizon, learn more about jazz and folk and shit. And these guys start laughing. Like, this isn't the soundtrack for the video. We have the video off. This is the dead. Ah. And I was like, what? And they, they knew I wasn't really into the dead, and they were kind of teasing me. You know, yeah, and of course. The one dude's like, I'll let you borrow the CD. I was like, all right. It was the Two from the Vault, and it was a show in um, the Fillmore in San Francisco in, I think, 69. And it was still probably one of my favorite albums. Of really? Those. Maybe yeah. I should listen to that one because I'm just starting to listen to all, all the different ones now. <clears throat> I really like, it's weird, there's different eras of the dead and I really like the early stuff like Pigpen era. So he's the guy with the raspy, bluesy voice. Okay. He died really young, like 24 or 28 or something. He was he dated Janis, jo- I know way too much about these guys. He dated Janis Joplin for a ah! while. Uh, and um, he was sort of like the big blues influence in that band and he was one of the early keyboard players. Um but uh, yeah, he died in like fucking seventy two or seventy three, like right around the Europe CD album, double album, and then uh, they brought in other people to play piano and keyboards and whatnot. And then around, I like that era, and I like like the late seventies, beginning of the early eighties, before it got really heavy produced. Yeah, the live shows are good, but they got really into weird MIDI shit, and they're like Jerry would play all these effects. He was like really into early days of MIDI stuff. Right. I just, he didn't have a MIDI guitar and he would run it through From like some kind of synth yeah. situation with like special pickups. And his, or his fucking guitar would sound like steel drums, yeah. basically, because it's of. Such a beautiful sound, the steel drum. It is, but like I didn't. I don't want to hear that when I, I, I want to hear. You know what I mean? Yeah, if I want to hear that, I'll go yeah. see a fucking Calypso band or some shit. Exactly. So. But he was just into it and that was his thing. So whatever, you know. I really um, learned to appreciate Bob. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Weir's really player. good. Yeah. Monster player. Dude, like, he, one of my like sleeper guitar heroes nowadays. I mean, one of who the isn't big, one of my guitar heroes, but I love his playing. One of the big knocks on him in the 60s and 70s was that he played very, um, what's the word, like mid, and it would get washed out mm-hmm. of the sound. So you wouldn't hear him a lot. But dude, if you listen to American Beauty and um, Working Man's Dead, I, I heard, so the, I got some stories for you on this. A, the studio they recorded in, a friend of mine from high school, not a skateboarder, but a musician, bought that studio and was running it in San Francisco. I forget the name of it, but it was the same studio that recorded those albums. They also, really? Yeah, also the Dead Kennedys, I think, recorded there, like Frank and Christ. Um, I fucking don't know the name. I have to text my friend Nigel and ask him. It's so my, fine. My friend, he doesn't have it anymore, but he was there for a while, and he was recording stuff. Um, and he said, oh, yeah, by the way, this studio is... The same studio that they recorded Working Man's Dead and American Beauty. Because they recorded all those songs at once. Really? And then they are like, well, we'll just put them out as two albums. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, dude, Bob's parts in those albums are... So- Fun fact that, that you may or may not know, Bob and John Mayer share a birthday. Really? Isn't that kind of special for it them? Is. And I was, I I was waiting. Into it. I, that's how I got into the dead. John Mayer. That's how I got into the dead. I've heard you say that on your show. And Literally, I, like... the day i heard he was in grateful dead i like started listening to grateful dead and i was like maybe i should check him out and it was a good time because i started listening to a little more like jam band music a little bit at the time i was getting more jamming music 
Um, still not a major deadhead or anything, but I, I don't dis I disrespected it in the past. Yeah, You're not disre- I don't disrespect it. Now. It's part of getting old, dude. Like, right. so I have friends who like refuse <laughs> like in the, getting at least tolerating the Grateful Dead's part of getting older. Is it because I was thirty? No, I just think like as you get older, you start to see things differently. You don't have the punk blinders. Yeah, and I have friends who I hang out with regularly who refuse, like they're afraid that. People are going to see them in a certain light if they listen to certain music. And I'm like, dude, you got to get over yourself. Um, hey, real quick. Yeah, do keep, it. Keep, keep your thought. Wrap, wrap this coffee real okay. quick because yeah, I yeah, want to yeah. pour it. No, let's do it. All right. So 44 North. And here's the deal. There's this place called The Lost Kitchen. And it is in Freedom, Maine. Take a picture. Yep. It's in Freedom, Maine. So I'm trying to back up. I don't want to be too far from the mic here. Boom. There we go. All right, Freedom, Maine. And I just learned about this place from my wife. And uh, so this lady had this kind of concept. This thing, I actually am going to bite this idea because I like to cook. I used to be a chef, and I like to cook, but I don't like cooking professionally anymore. So what she did was she started this thing called a dinner club, and she would invite people over to her house and cook for them and try out menus and shit. And they'd be like, yeah, I love it, or this sucked, but that was great. And then she ended up opening a restaurant out of this. And and her first restaurant failed. Um, I'm giving you the quick synopsis here. Yep. So then she went through a bunch of life shit, came back, and was like, I'm going to do this again, but I'm going to do it differently. And it's like an all-woman staff, except for I think they have one dude who works there who is a dishwasher. Yeah. All the cooks, all the wait staff, everyone's a woman, which I think is pretty cool. Um, very cool. Yeah, and a lot of kitchen stuff is very male dominated oh, like yeah. a lot of things that was, so. that's how early jobs of my life was in the kitchen you know yeah, when yeah. i was a little rat and even if there are women in there it's very testosterone driven uh, and yeah, a lot of right. big jokes and yeah so um this so, coffee is from 44 north which is in deer isle which we both do not know where the fuck deer isle maine is but it's somewhere way up north way up north yeah. where they have this coffee mate i'm about to try some of it thank I'm you for this. cheers these are brand new mugs too i didn't I like, wash them i like the mugs it's really good i just want to say i do admire that when you do your coffee slams and drink coffee on the show that you do it on the mic yes so i'm going to embrace that and take my sips of coffee on the mic yep that's what, right. that's what i do slurping is encouraged on the mic not so much food eating or gum chewing no i didn't bring any snacks you know if it was any other podcast i would never drink on it or you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but it's uh, all good it, it's uh on brand as they say I, I'm, I'm gonna let go of some of the grateful dead talk i just want to say that John Mayer? I, I admire your John Mayer, and I'm glad that we got the John Mayer thing out of the way early. Um, I got pulled into John Mayer through the song Daughters. I got into the dead. Really? Yeah, I got into the dead, and then I started playing guitar, and I started like really listening to different people who play guitar, yeah. and it kind of broadened my horizon. So I let go of a lot of the, uh, whatever you want to call them, hangups I had with music. Um, you know, this is cool, that's not kind of shit. Um, and I started just like really listening to who plays well, I, I got some funny stories about people like Nuno Benincourt. I don't know if you know who he is, but Definitely. he's a fucking shredder. But Absolute monster. Yeah. Uh, so I heard the song Daughters. I used to listen to this radio station in, in San Francisco, and it's kind of like a it's sort of like a lame vanilla adult rock, soft rock station, yeah. but they would play really cool shit like Nora Jones and John Mayer. And, Love Nora Jones. Dude, she's such a fucking rad singer. Um so I, I use that as a way to expose myself to some new shit that I was like otherwise 
cutting myself off from and um i heard that song this was around the time the song daughters came out yeah. and i have a daughter. second album oh yeah so you had a daughter and stuff so like, kind of oh, hit me in the soft nice. spot oh. yeah i was like yeah. and i and the the words resonated i know he was coming from a different place but as a dad and i was a young dad sure. i like totally got the message and i was like this is a cool song so i started listening to it. i tried like what you're saying i tried listening to a lot of the other jam bands i don't really care for like mo or same here um, same here Fish. I tried not a big fish guy. Actually, I like fish, but I think if you, I think because you have punk roots, if you go back to like the Lawnmower album and um, fuck, what's the one on after that? They have some really funny songs. Like they have a lot of tongue in cheek. Did they taking jabs? This joke doesn't carry over as well, but I think you'll get it. So there's a song called ACDC Bag, but the chords are ACDC FAG. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So they were definitely clowning on yeah. somebody. Yeah, that's pretty funny. But they were singing it differently. So, again, I don't like to say it. I, I get it. I come from an era where that's a way we used to make fun of people. But I, like, I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday. Like, that is not an appropriate thing to say anymore. And I get why it isn't. I can, yeah. You know, but I get the joke. And to I me. appreciate the joke. Exactly. I get the joke. They I made it, the not me or you. I did not. Yeah, I did not. Yes. We didn't Thank say you. it. You know, no. so I will laugh at a dirty joke. Yeah. No. But uh, those kind of things are in their music from like an early time and and their chord progressions and stuff also to me because they're like dudes from vermont and new york i'm hearing a lot of, of like stuff that came out of like the like early punk like not so much the dolls but like the devo and the okay. uh, uh talking head shit yeah, like new wavy you, punk kind yeah, of. yeah yeah well that's what here's where I, I get hung up on this stuff because a lot of people talk about them as being new wave devo and and talking okay. heads are first wave they're pre-hardcore they are 1976 they're, was the they're first the was, that, was the yeah. first Talking Heads album like or something? If, if you look back at like CBGB's and the Ramones and shit like yeah the Ramones kind of put the seed for like what became hardcore and stuff yeah. but bands like Devo and Talking Heads and Blondie and they were all part of that early scene right. just, back then like punk was just sort of like an attitude it wasn't a sound right and I feel like we like that's something I've kind of come to terms with later in life because I used to be like if it's not fucking power chords it's not punk it's not punk and that's not true and I think one of the first bands that really made me aware of that was uh, uh, Minutemen and yep. then the Meat Puppets. Yeah. Meat Puppets are a band that in the 80s, they were playing fucking jazz punk, you know? Like, they're doing crazy shit. And I like that music. But I never really thought of it as punk until I, like, kind of redefined what was punk. Because I think punk's more of an attitude. Absolutely. And less of a, like, st song structure. So that's okay. my... And a lot of the guys and girls who are in, like, big rock bands were actually like that rock band started out as like a punkish band yeah. or something at some oh, point absolutely yeah yeah since a lot of people like hating on the world famous band u2 but u2 was a punk rock band that yeah. first album Dude, was like a punk album i cringe people might just not realize that might not make you like you too but yeah. you know what i mean no i agree and, they and have I, punk roots i remember hearing um i used to watch a lot of mtv when i was a kid because we didn't have access to the internet and shit so like mtv news would be a place where you'd actually hear about shit mm. And I remember one day, Kurt Loader, he was like the main dude. I know the name. Okay, yeah. And he said something. He was like, you know, punk rock band, Guns N' Roses. And I'm like, fuck, Guns N' Roses isn't punk. But, dude, if you look at who they are, and there's another band that my wife really likes that I've kind of come to terms with this too. They're called Faster Pussycat. I've, I know I know the, the name. Yeah, they're, they're actually pretty rad. Um, they're very Dolls-inspired. Kind of glammy? Yeah, like that glam punk sound. That glam sound comes from punk roots. Pretty it's sure Axel really looked up to Johnny Rotten as yeah. a vocalist when well, he was like learning how to sing. Also, I who think also looks like shit. I don't know the last time you seen what Johnny Rotten yeah. looks like. Holy crap! I just saw a picture of him from a few months ago. I was like, ah. 
he's old, dude. He's old and They're he's fucking fat. old. Yeah, he's I been mean, fat for a little while. He's yeah. fatter than ever. You ever oh, see? I, I, I don't. I'm on, I don't want to sit here and talk shit. But did you see that video of him melting down with Marky Ramon and stuff? Yes, with, and Henry Rollins is like sitting Love like right next video. to one of them. I think I think Henry Rollins is like like elbow to elbow with like Johnny Rotten. He's just like cringing, like yeah. curling up, covering his face. Like this is too funny. Really bad scene. It was hilarious. But you know what? He fucking Marky called him out because he, there's a, a thing that a lot of people don't know. Which is that Dick Hell, who's a New York punk guy who was original member of television, got kicked out of the band before they recorded, and then went on to do the Voidoids. The style that Malcolm, whatever his name is, like brought to Vivian Westwood to, to stylize the sex, sex Pistols, he completely ripped off Dick Hell. Like that right. was his look. The, the, the fucking safety pins and the ripped up clothes and the latex shit. Like right. some of that was very Vivian Westwood, but some of it Richard was Richard Hell and the Voidoids. Yeah. Right? And, and that album. That, you know that album, right? Yeah. Before that dude, he was Richard Hell of television. Like a lot right. of people don't know he was the original dude from television. Yeah. I had that uh, buried away. I kind of forgot about that. I like television. I got to probably listen. Great, dude. My buddy was just telling me I got to listen to him again. I was like, I do. It's been a minute. Do you know who I learned about here? I'm sorry. I I have a I'm a talker. That's okay. Uh, where we're going? We're rock and right, rolling here at right, the Mormon's cool. Auto Show. This coffee is delicious, by the way. I needed a strong. Cup. And we pulled off the measurement. We eyeballed it. It came out pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, 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 I poured right. it pretty even. Yeah, I love it. I'm a bit of a. Uh, I like to have it like. I'm, I weigh my coffee grounds in the I saw, morning. I saw you just look pretty prepared when, dude, when you came. I used like this much water, this much. Yeah, dude, I'm, I, yeah. Uh, I'm getting a little meticulous with it. Um, I like that. I, sh- I could get a little more like that. Dude, get a $10 scale like Walmart, a little digital scale. And then I use one of those little um, reusable baskets, and I put my filter in that and weigh my coffee grounds in there and then put it into the coffee. Oh. We used to use the reusable baskets, but they fucking break. They don't, you end up buying more of those. So I just use the paper uh, filters now, and I just put them in my compost. I don't have to worry about it, like, being wasteful. So w- w- what point were, were you making about um, oh, oh, dude. the Johnny Rotten? Oh, just that they were, like, that they, they were kind already of dressed up. up by somebody who dressed up somebody else. Right. Well, they, they kind of, they, so Marky called out Johnny Rotten and said, you guys just ripped off Dick Hell anyway. Your whole fucking thing was basically doing Dick Hell and the Voidoids. And he got fucking pissed, dude. I was like, whoo. And I kind of knew about that. I heard about it. But I wasn't around for it. Dude, but Marky calls him, you're a Johnny come lately. <laughs> that was him, fucking hilarious, that was fu- Marky's fucking hilarious. <laughs> All of those guys, Massive dude. Marky yeah. Ramon fan. I mean, dude, obviously when you first get into punk, whatever, you listen to Ramon Sex Pistols. Like, yeah. I think Sex Pistols, great, that record. They're red. It's great, but like, they're like, Ramones to me, dude, I... I I would pick Ramones over fucking Clash. Like, out of the big three for me, massive Ramones fan. Yeah. I just love seeing... And I was never a Johnny fan. I think... Sometimes, like, that I admire, punk attitude pisses me off now that I'm, like... I admire the guy because he is not afraid to say what he's thinking. And I haven't always been able to be that dude. And he is not afraid to fucking piss you off. He's not afraid to say what's on his <laughs> mind at all. No. And that's a fucking... That is an, an admirable quality to have. It's not always – it's abrasive. It's not always the person you want to be around. Right. But I have, in my past, been afraid of confrontation to the point where it's made me, like, kind of an asshole. And I've only in my, like, 30s and 40s been able to kind of come around and, and be less like that and Sorry. be more like him, you know. And uh, so I admire him for that. But I do understand that he is a very opinionated person, and I don't always agree with his opinions. Yeah. So – but Maybe you don't have to, to like, like the way. music. And um, the guitar parts on that fucking Sex Pistols record are the best parts on the record. Love that guitar I heard blend. you say you're a Steve fan. Love Steve. <clears throat> it's funny because he's uh, 
he's not I mean he wasn't really a guitar player right coming into that and he wanted to be the front man and um, I wasn't a big Love and Rockets guy and I tried it I, I so did you watch the, that docudrama the pistol or whatever it was on Hulu no no you should I, watch it, I, 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 I was thinking it looked fucked up it was fucking good it and you know good. what I didn't know I didn't know Chrissy Hines was a big part of the Sex Pistols really from the Pretenders she and Steve were like kind of a thing but Together? like Romantic yeah, but not really. Jam. Yeah, no, both. Like she Dude. helped him learn guitar. Tenders are better than Sex Pistols. Dude, I. <laughs> so he again, he lost out on that one. Well, you should, I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. That fucking sure. show is really good. It's based on the Steve Jones. Um, this is Jones, right? Steve Jones. Steve Jones. Okay, I. I, I he got a podcast too. Does he? Kind of. It's like I'll, a radio show, but it's I want to listen to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, dude, what's his name from the class? Used to have a really good radio show too. Like a lot of dub and shit. Um, fucking Strummer. Yeah, yeah. Strummer. He used to have a really cool. Did you see the documentary about him? No, but they I used, watch, I love Joe. It's on. Fuck. It's on like Amazon or Hulu. But they used a lot of clips from because it was post after he died. He's a lot of clips from his radio show, and um, it was pretty rad. Like there's just like little layers of like him talking on the radio and like playing music throughout the thing. And I was like, oh, I wish I'd listened to that show. Yeah, it was good. Uh, but I, I I do like Steve. I think his guitar parts are sick, and he like doesn't like. He's like maybe not. He's kind doesn't suck. Like yeah, like you know, Sex Pistols. You, people think the band fucking sucks, but he actually doesn't suck. No, and if you look good. at the old videos, he played pretty fucking good. Yeah, and he played like Las Paul Customs he, and shit. That's like a four thousand dollar guitar. Give me a break. The, he, the guitar he had originally was from uh, what's his name from the New York Dolls. So Chris, uh, the hollow body one. Big, big no, old, the the, the, la- the I believe Johnny it was, Thunder's guitar. I think it was the Les Paul that Les he Paul had. Paul Junior, maybe or something. Yeah, it was a new, it was a dude from the New York Dolls, Malcolm McLaren, whatever yep. his name is. He managed the Dolls and then left. Like it fell apart. He did that thing with the the communist outfits and it like blew them up and and they end up going their separate ways. And he went back to England and he snaked the guitar. And that's the that's the legend. That's the lore. That's the way Steve Jones tells Jones tells it. And that's what they show in the video in the show. So I, if I'm wrong about that, I you know. I've seen Jonesy nowadays. Jonesy plays a flying V sometimes, and I think really? that's ballsy. That's pretty to, fucking rad, dude. Kind of fat guy with a flying V playing yep. Sex Pistols because he wrote it. That's sick, mad dude. respect. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. I I, I heard many a time Johnny say that he wouldn't do a Sex Pistols reunion. If they did, it would only be for the money. Why would they? They don't need the money and all that shit. And then they did, and I was like, fuck, I wish I'd gone to that because I don't know. I just same with the Danzig. Uh, going back to the um, Misfits, like. I kind of wish I would have gone. I didn't go, but I wish I'd gone. Dude, like, okay. I heard it was terrible. This, I was going to say, I don't know how, if this is a popular opinion or whatever, but I thought it, like, wasn't that good sound. I didn't go, but I just, I've seen it, voice. and I was like, it's not that good. Yeah. Glenn, I, lo- I, I would rather see Glenn than Jerry Only sing The Misfits. Yeah. Okay. I'm you with want- you there. Jerry yeah. Only? I, I'm- Jerry Only can't do shit? I know, but I appreciate that those Keeping guys- Keeping a legacy? Yeah. Like, right. I, because- I respect that, but it's also to the point of like, at least don't cut any more records, Jerry. No, I, I, I wish <laughs> they would do like, and I think I heard you say this on one of your previous shows that like, like Kiss, just stop making records and play. Just play the hits. Like Great we don't. Great idea. Strategically. Yeah. You got the shirts. Yeah. Play, uh, what is it? We're Eagles there and London Nudge. And like, I want to hear those songs. Right. And find someone who, if Glenn's not going to play, find someone who sings like as well as Glenn and I'll come see you. What about Michael Graves? I liked that song that he did. Uh, yeah, and I think that's the only one I know. Didn't they? Is, didn't Helena? that? Didn't they do Crimson Ghost? Wasn't that his era? Song, Crimson yeah. Ghost. Yeah. So that song I liked. Um, I, I'm a big fan of his era of Misfits. The yeah, 90s kind of I remember when they the kind music of music videos. Yeah, I didn't say that. I remember they kind of had like a comeback on on MTV. I, so I had this souring 
of music scene, and this is where our generations are probably a little different. I think I heard Aaron talk about this a little bit. He and I are, I think, on the same page about this. So when, when I was a kid, and I'm going to say like a, an adolescent going into teenage years, I discovered skateboarding, and I discovered underground music. And underground music, I mean like independent, you know, indie labels. Yep. And so where I lived in California, I lived in this little town called Manteca, California. It's just, um, if you're, you're heard of Neckface, he's from Stockton. I live like two towns south of him. Okay. And I'm pretty sure we, he and I probably at some point crossed paths because we're about the same age. I don't know him and I don't remember him. don't remember seeing his graffiti. Um, but I definitely have seen him as of late and I'm like, oh, this dude's so fucking Stockton. Um, uh, so we used to skate from my little town. It would be like kind of like the equivalent of living between Lewiston and Portland, like you know, you could go to Modesto or you could go to Stockton or we could drive back to the Bay Area and go to the city. Um, so we moved out to this area in the valley when I was like in middle school. And um, about this time, I discovered skateboarding, I discovered like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Dead Milkman. Um, big Milkman guy, I, no, don't, 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 I, heard, I just have to interrupt. If no, no, I'm I, I heard you guys talking about, I think forgotten it was you and Mungo, yeah, forgotten, not, not as forgotten as you might think. Um, I actually have had really cool interaction with uh, Rodney Anonymous and um, Joe Jack. We almost had Joe Jack at my restaurant. Incredible. To play because he was looking for a venue to play in Portland. And Pete, who books at Space, hit me up because he knew I was a huge Dead Milkman fan. And he's like, hey, Joe Jack's looking for a place to play. Would you be? Oh, fuck yeah. You know, we didn't usually charge for our shows, but I'll charge money for it. I don't care. Just, you know, if I can afford it, maybe I'll just pay him. On acoustic guitar. Yeah, it was I him. Like, that. Yeah, it was him doing Dead Milkman songs. Really good. Yeah. Anyone doesn't know. They did a lot of really funny tongue-in-cheek um, songs like, uh, uh, fuck, what's the name of the one? You Taking know, uh, retards to the zoo. That's a hot well, topic. That, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more of the, uh, uh, oh, man, what's the one on, on Beelzebub? It's like, uh, Stuart, Stuart, I like you. Sure. And how he's like he's like uh, a homophobe, but he's actually a closet gay dude. And like how like they spin that. And the whole thing that's funny to me is like Joe Jack's like, openly gay man and he wrote those songs and like played them and people thought like oh they're gay bashing like no you moron they're fucking making fun of the people who are gay bashers like that's the joke and people didn't get it Uh, they can't I think they caught some heat for shit like that (laughs) but they're another like Johnny Rotten type thing where like yeah, Ronnie Anonymous will tell you wherever the fuck he's thinking. He doesn't care, dude. Like he'll just say what is on his mind. Um, and I like him for that. Yeah, and they were hilarious in interviews back in the day. Going back and watching so old interviews, very picking on, pretty much picking yeah. on the interviewer. Yeah, everyone, yeah, and and would shit on everything. But it was actually funny. Unlike yeah. some bands that will go unnamed. You know, a lot of punk bands. I, Dead Milkman, like, were really funny about it. Yeah. Different tastes of humor. You know what I mean? Compared yeah. to. It was just genius. Joe Jack's a fucking genius. I wish I saw him at your old place. Oh, dude. So, so, sorry, sorry to, to spin off. It no, it's that, okay. That, I, that, I'm, when, I, I'm, when I hear that across the room, I'll open up. Dude, I love the Dead Milkman so much. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, I discovered these bands. And then I, what happened was I would see skate videos. And at the end of the skate videos, I would watch the credits. And I would find out who the bands were. And I would go look for these bands in like my local record shop there was one shop that would do used records and so you could bring your stuff in if you didn't like it and they'd buy it and they'd resell it and so you could get cheaper records um and i'm using records loosely like i bought cassette tapes but i was 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 gonna say cds yeah you know i'm a generous i'm a cassette tape era yeah i didn't have a record player i didn't have a cd player until i was like almost 17 um which have been like 94 uh so 
Uh, oh, okay. So, and then when my dad lived out in the Bay Area, he lived out just south of Oakland in a town called San Lorenzo. And there's a chain of record stores that is in the Bay Area called Rasputin Records. And they became like a fucking nationwide thing. But in the early days, there was one in Berkeley, which my dad and I would go to Berkeley every so often. He knew I was into weird shit, so he'd take me there. And there's one right down the street from our house. And it was like, there was like four locations. And one was in Berkeley, one was in... Fuck. Uh, hey, it doesn't matter. But there weren't very many. And what was cool about it is it was sort of like if you go into Hot Topic now, how they have like the t-shirt rack and you can get any band you want. Uh-huh. You couldn't do that when I was a kid. There was no Hot Topic. Don't worry about it. Um, there was no Hot Topic. There was no place to go. There was no internet. You had to fucking know where to go. And so I would be the kid in, by the time I got to high school that I would have all these random rad shirts. I was really into Jane's Addiction and um, They Might Be Giants. I had a very like – all over the place with music. That's very 90s of you. Yeah. Well, in the 80s, too. I mean, this yeah, was like 88, right. 89, dude. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and then I learned about Minor Threat, which led me into what we were talking about, the straight edge hardcore. <laughs> and because my parents are total fucking drug addicts and, and alcoholics, like, I got into straight edge because, like, this will keep me out of trouble. Yeah. And so um, I was smart enough to know that, not very much else. Um, but I just clung to that straight edge thing because um you're not straight edge. are you straight edge not anymore no i i think by the time i was like 18 or 19 i'd gotten away from it did i caught ever, a lot of shit did for you ever like x up or anything oh, that kind of yeah i went to a i went to a quicksand show and it was in sacramento so i'm jumping around here but it's fine i'll keep you on track yeah uh so a lot of my friends end up going to the gilman which is a really famous club in yeah. berkeley for whatever reason i just never went with them we kind of like you know you get friends as you're a kid and then you kind of like gravitate towards other kids and whatever yeah so the kids i started early on with skating and and doing music stuff with a lot of them quit skating and i think that's why we didn't really hang out as much and then by the time we got cars and they could drive those guys were going to the gilman i was going to this place called the cattle club which is in sacramento so like seven seconds would play there but really every fucking band you've ever heard of played at the cattle club primus played there fucking nirvana played. there's videos of that on youtube yeah yeah there's a dude i'm in one of them i'm in the quicksand videos in the i was at the quicksand show for their first album if you see a kid who has terrible rhythm and can't dance to the rhythm of the song out of step yes wearing a santa cruz skateboard shirt that was me uh my kids pointed out to me because i thought i was wearing remember i said i had the, the yellow youth of today shirt with the, the cow, I was a vegetarian, not anymore, but I was as a kid, I was a straight edge, I wasn't vegan, but I was into vegetarianism. And, go um, vegan. And it said, go vegetarian on there, and so of course I got a lot of shit for that. I, did, I didn't ever go out and like tell people, you shouldn't do drugs, or you shouldn't, but I would wear the shirts proudly. Same. Yeah, and I wouldn't ever like impose, if someone asked me, I would say, yeah, I don't, because of this reason, you know, but I never like came at people, but they would spin it on you on me as a kid and be like, you're an asshole, you're telling me, and I'm like, yes. dude. No, you fucking asked. If you don't want to know, don't ask. And I won't bother you. Um, but, uh, so yeah, I got a lot of shit for that. But, so I went, I thought I was wearing that yellow shirt at the show and I wasn't. You were at Santa Cruz on though. Yeah. Anyway, and my kids, so- my kids spotted me and they're like, that's you right there, dad. And I looked, I'm like, oh shit, you're right. That is me. <laughs> so that's at the Cattle Club? Cattle Club in 94. That would have been, I was like 16 or 17. And uh, it was February, so I would have been 16. Great time for, like, punk and um, underground. Oh, so kind of dude. Yeah. There was another band from... Um, post-hardcore, there was, whatever they, you want to call it. Quick they, man. They brought, um, they brought bands from... Um, oh, man, I'm brain farting. What's the name of the re- label that all the New York dudes were on? Um, Rev? Yeah, Revelation. So they moved to Huntington Beach for some reason. I don't know what caused that. But they brought Revelation record bands. But not all of them were straight-edge bands. I was tripping on that because I was like, whoa. And I thought Quicksand was a post-punk hard you know 
like straight edge band and they weren't a lot of those dudes were drinking we hung out until after the show and hung out like the cattle club is like about the size of geno's okay not a huge place really small yeah and it maybe had two to four hundred people in there and we would cram people in there but um so uh we hung out till the end of the show and it was me and two of my buddies one of the guys was a little bit older and he drove us there and uh I was like geeked out, fanned out, was going to get Walter's fucking signature. Why not? You I know? know. And he was so gracious, dude. And I and he could tell I was just like this wide-eyed, naive, straight-edge kid who just like was seeing his hero. And the bass player, I forget his name, just cracks a beer and starts drinking beer. And I was like, oh, these guys aren't straight-edge anymore. I was like, oh, like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Was, was Walter Edge still in? Yeah, he, oh, yeah, all yeah, the Gorilla yeah, Biscuits yeah. dudes were. As right. far as I know, they all were. They were kind of the beginning of that New York straight edge movement. And the tough guy, but they were actually tough, but not meathead tough. I, I feel smart, like hardcore. I feel like the first band that really had like a hard edge to them, like like street tough, was Judge. Mike Judge was the well, dude. Judge is a little different than Gorilla Biscuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't think those dudes were like. They were like more peaceful. Tough. They were kind peaceful. of peaceful. Yeah, yeah. They were like more into like the whole peaceful movement. Like even like Ray today. Like Ray kills it nowadays. Yeah. Wisdom of the Sages. You ever Dude, listen to that one? Yeah. And I, you know what's funny to me? Massive I didn't. Ray guy. I saw him on Joe Rogan as Yoga Ray. I've listened to him on that. And I was like, Yoga Ray. That's I bet you that's fucking Ray today. And I looked and I'm like, that's fucking Ray today, dude. And I heard him talking. I'm like, another good one is him on the Rich Roll podcast. Ray went know. on that and he gets pretty. If you if you know the Rich Roll show, it's a health and wellness kind of. Oh really? L A. Yeah. Fucking the marathon only, runner, but only thing that like I have a a divergence with him and some of those guys is they went off into like a religious thing, and I'm a crazy atheist. Yeah, so like I get like a weird separation with those dudes because I so, really appreciate. So you don't fuck with Shelter? No, I mean I, I listen to it. It's a good band, but Ray's voice wasn't made for singing. Um, he's a great I can, screamer. I can, I can understand that. Yeah, he's a great screamer. Well, the first two youth of today, or well, youth in general, but how he sounds on those first two yeah. is like. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And and those albums grab you by the balls and like fucking, ah! but Shelter, I listened to it and I'm like, it's cool, but I feel like he was trying to like. It's kind of pop punk. Yeah. Something. Kind of, but kind it, of. But he's not, he doesn't really have the voice for it in my mind. And I didn't, so those I get it. albums I get didn't it. resonate with me as well. So. But, uh, yeah. So what, what's your, do you have a, like a straight edge top three off the top of your head? Yes. Actually, because I heard you doing this with someone right. else and I was thinking about this myself. This is a re- recurring segment. I, I like it. Uh. All right, so I'm gonna go Minor Threat because they bore the scene, right? They're the they're the band that created invented the scene. it, but didn't claim it. No, they kind of, dude. Ian, but but also the thing. Okay, so this is a question. Yeah, yeah. We'll get back to the fucking. Yeah, yeah. Topic. No, it's all good. Um, this is debated. I, I had a fr- friend of mine who's who's in a straight edge and ha- was one of the only people in a band. His band is it, if the lead singer is straight edge. Is it a straight edge band? H two O, for instance, only one yes, member. I don't know. Ian was the only straight edge member of Minor Threat, I think. No, I mean, I think Brian he... was not ever. Brian Baker was never edge. I don't think. I think when that. So the way I've heard it, and and there's varying versions of this, but I think Brian and those guys all were straight edge when they were in Minor Threat. When okay. they started Minor Threat, they might have grown out of it because they were like twelve. Yeah, I like, do. Younger kids, so they probably just they like, were weren't drinking at barely all. Barely in like, high school, yeah. They were like, you know, like high school kids. And like, um, I'm pretty sure a lot of them aren't anymore. I know Ian still is, but he doesn't like. I know he's he still lives a straight edge lifestyle. I don't think he. Life yeah, he doesn't like talk about it like that because I think he's a little bit ashamed of what came of all that and all the violence and shit that came right. in in that. And, and I understand why he would maybe try to disassociate himself. That's kind of what I was like. That start. Like the fans of Gorilla Biscuits, 
and like that wave Evolved. is when it kind of yeah. got a little. Like when I was saying meat Murphy's heady, that's, Law and yeah, all that's those when guys. it got a little yeah. more like strong armed in the crowd. Judge really, like. I feel like Judge is kind of to blame for that, and I don't. And I'm not pointing fingers at those guys. Cause I don't know them, and I think some of those guys in Judge were also in Youth of Today. But Purcell, um, yeah, guitar player, yeah, and so. I just know Mike Judge kind of had that edge about him. He was kind of an angry dude. Militant. Yeah, and he sort of like rallied up. And I think a lot of kids were really angry. And I know I sound, had that too. The metal. Yeah, The yeah, metal influence. Yeah. That, that's a little different than other. And a I little more. That kind of paved the way for a lot of hardcore from think, that era. I think a lot of that stuff, if you look like Gorilla Biscuits, like um, Start Today, like there's like the breakdowns and shit are kind of rooted in metal. They're not really like, oh, if no. you listen to like Bad Brains and fucking early hardcore, it's not really the sound. They, they have more of like the DRI and Black Flag, like metal era and suicidal tendencies when they kind of went to like that crossover sound. Yeah. I feel like the Gorilla Biscuits and those guys drew from that more um, and and played off that more. And I like it. I mean, I liked it. I, I did and too. I, Gorilla Biscuits has chugs. You know, they chug. I, I Yeah, dude. I, I The chug I, wasn't so much... When Bad Brains chugged, it was a little more groovy. Yeah, and it was just more twangy, swagger. and like is, their stuff was more like just loud and fast and twangy. Like I feel like they were like, like the bass was down and the treble was up. Like get this loud and distorted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I, to me, um, I'm a very novice musician, so like I, I I get lost on certain concepts. But I feel like they didn't do drop tune stuff like you hear now and like i feel like the evolution of what people call hardcore now it doesn't even really speak to me because i can't get into the dudes that are like i don't enjoy that and my brother listens to like metal or it's like that where it's like um you know the drums are just like fucking a million miles an hour and it's just like dudes going i'm not like a a super death core guy or anything like that i do like some heavier hardcore and like some like metal yeah yeah i listen to some death metal old school death yeah me too dude i know i like like thrash metal stuff and i'm kind of a poser with that stuff because i got in like i knew about all that shit but i wasn't as into it because again i was more like nah it's not punk you know um and my friends who were like into slayer and shit i would tease them but i ended up really liking slayer a lot and appreciating them later in life um and i'm actually a big fan of them now but when it was around and I was in to music as a kid, I like had these like, no, that's not cool. You know, I can't do that. Yeah, Slayer yeah. sucks. It's fucking Heshers. And, you know, now I'm like, no, it's fucking rad. I just went, and, I went and saw Exodus and Testament and Death Angel oh, uh, in September. And that was pretty heavy. Yeah, I felt like a really old fart because I was falling asleep at the end of the show. You um, got to bring your earplugs to that one. I would have. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I dude, I wear earplugs. All shows now. Whenever I don't, I regret it, and it's yeah. never intentional. Okay, but straight edge top three. Okay, uh, so we we got minor threats. Minor so threat. Yep. I'm gonna go Gorilla Biscuits because they helped with the. I'm I'm, I'm doing more historical than That's like. Fine. That's um, fine. But I also I think these are probably two of my favorite bands. Um, and then what I want to pick, and I can't think of the name of the band. My friend Alex is really into this band, and it's like they're kind of like crass where like they have like a open door policy there's a bunch of musicians that play but the songs aren't really hardcore they're a straight edge band but they're not really hardcore he sent me this video fuck it It, this is gonna be hard to articulate it was about somebody making calzones in a calzone shop and it like spoke to what i was going through some shit at my restaurant okay and it was a kind of like watching watching a new person training making a calzone and realizing that like they're not making it as good as you, but no one else would ever know the difference. But because you've made so many fucking calzones, you know that that calzone is a little bit less better than the one that you make. Right. And uh, But it's okay, and that person's on a journey where they're going to get to a point where you're at. 
and this fucking band is in the background of that video and it fucking ruled the whole thing the music the thing it was like ah and i can't remember the name of the goddamn band it's like something like family home or something i forget but they're like a vegan straight edge ensemble they're not even a band there's like 20 people that have been in in this thing and i don't know that much about them outside of that but i think they're fucking rad and um so youth of today doesn't make the top three. <sighs> oh I'm going to have to say, yeah, they are, because I don't even know the name of the other band. and I You can't. just hyped on this band. <laughs> I know. Like, I just, that one video, dude, it like, like yeah, I have these, so like, rad, dude. yeah, like an epiphany moment, and I'm, like, associated with that, and I can't even remember the name of the band. Oh, I should text my friend Alex and see what the name of the band is. But, um, yeah, I'm going to say it's probably Youth of Today, and that's, man, that's a tough one. Um, Give me a quick second just to, just to make like sure that's a final answer. Yeah, no, nah, fuck it. Minor threat. You could give me an honorable mention. Uh, you can give me a hardcore honorable mention. Yeah, I'm really, I really liked other bands that came in that era, like Agnostic Front and right. um oh, and older music. I mean, I I've grown to even like most of the most of their albums. Yeah, they got a little medley in like the 2000s, which is kind of yeah. funny. I think Rogers kind of. Um, the first, uh, I listen to the first one all the time. Yeah, the early stuff is the stuff that I know. Yeah. Um, fuck, what's um, I'm I'm totally brain farting. It's not Agnostic Front. It's uh. Fucking uh, freedom. Where I always said. Hmm. Oh, dude, what the hell's the name of that band? I saw them play with the Beastie Boys, and I can't think of the name. They're a New York hardcore band, but they're not. Hard, they're not straight edge. They would be an honorable mention. What about Underdog? You know that New York band? I do. I thought those guys were L.A. Are um, they? I thought they're New York. No, they're probably New York. I th- they had a. They're like one of the few hardcore bands that had a black singer. Right? There was a black dude that sang for him. I don't remember his not name. Not one hundred percent sure, but that would sound right. There's a, there's like only they're like on Revelation, not right? white dudes. Honestly, yeah, there wasn't very many like, non-white dudes in, in the bands. Hardcore. Well, um, more than some genres. What the fuck was the name? I'm, dude, I'm so stuck on this other. Uh, I'm sorry. You, um, what? This isn't New York hardcore, but sometimes blindly they have the sound as Chain of Strength. Great straight edge them. band. I don't they're, know. They're from back in the day. Okay. They're from there's, back in the day. There's a handful of bands that it's so like pretty much if it came out after like probably 1990 and it's hardcore, I probably don't know a lot about right. it because like that's when I sort of start, stopped really listening to hardcore. It was like somewhere around the early 90s and. The, whatever I did associate with it was sort of from that era of like the 80s, like the late 80s yeah. and the early 80s. Like, um, but there were some bands that I would go check out that I just, I just kind of fell away. I stayed a straight edge kid, but I didn't really focus on the scene. It might have been that quicksand show that ruined it for me. I don't know. Uh, but, um, but I did get into like other, like I really got into Fugazi. I fucking okay. love Fugazi, right, dude. Yeah. Um, Talk about dynamics and music. Oh, you know, they were so just good. playing like they had dynamics. They had yeah. no pedals or nothing. They, no, yeah, dude. Like, Ian said like multiple times. Touch. Yeah. Who else, man? Uh, I really like the Pixies. Huge fan of the Pixies. And I, I, did you hear the new album? No. Okay. It's good or what? This is my this is my take on the Pixies album. Like it's something the first happened. album in how many years? <sighs> A while. And there's no Kim Deal in it. Can I say? Can I can I bring up the cons- the Kim conspiracy? This of is course, a, okay. Of course. All right. So there is. From the 1980s, maybe the 70s through the early 90s, right? So let's leave it. I don't want to bookend it too hard. Okay. Um, there is a weird conspiracy of Kim bass players who are amazing punk rock bass players uh, and also amazing singers. And Kim Deal from the Pixies, Kim Gordon from uh, Sonic Youth. Don't worry about the smoke, man. It doesn't bother me. Uh, Great, great, great bass player in Sonic Youth. Yes, dude, they're so fucking good. Um, there's another Kim, and I'm fucking brain farting who it is. Jeez, I had this one ready. I'm trying for to you. think too, but there's I'm another Kim. Hit, so I'm there's, like, Kim, Kim. There's Kim Deal, 
Kim Gordon, and there is Kim. Is it from the Talking Heads? What's her name? Uh, I don't know, but she's a female bass player, right? Yeah, and I think her name's Kim as well. Might be. And her husband and her were also Buffalo Tom. They, um, they, or fuck, is it Buffalo? Oh man, I'm. This is where I start. My old age starts showing because my memory starts getting melted together. They did that song, um, James Brown. James Brown. What you gonna do when know. you get out of jail? I'm gonna have some fun. That was the entire band from the Talking Heads, minus David Byrne. Really? And that was their band. Yeah, they produced and wrote all the songs. Huh. It was his. Her husband was a drummer, and she was the bass player. And they would have weird because he's kind of like on the spectrum. And Dave. Yeah, and he right. and he's he's I come out later that. in life. Yeah, and said, he's like uh, advocates and he's like, dude, I'm. And he's been like, I was a really hard person to deal with, and you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it makes sense when you see him play, but uh, fuck, I, I want to say that's who I was thinking. I have, I have had this like trifecta out of chance to, to voice someone, and I blew it. Uh, but there's another Kim, and if I have to, I'll just text it to you. There's a third that's Kim, fine. but there's been so many rad. Oh, uh, Jawbox. Jaw okay. Uh, Kim Coletta. That's okay. the third Kim. Sorry, it's not the Talking Heads. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're a big Jawbox fan or not, but I'm not like a the, not fan, but I'm not a fan. You know, okay, I don't yeah. actively listen, but oh, I, 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 know, I know the group. They did a great cover of Tori Amos's Cornflake Girl, um, but I actually listened to them way before that. So I, we were talking about something, and I I was making a point about uh, so somewhere in like when the Nirvana thing hit, it kind of killed the music scene for a lot of us. Yeah, um, Are because you a Nirvana fan. Yeah, no, dude, I get so annoyed with that band. I. I, I think the music's good, and I think their first. I think Bleach was a great album, excellent album. Yeah, and I really liked uh, Nevermind. I think it was a for me really. I like all the albums. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, here's, I just I get so annoyed with it. it. Here's what killed it for us. So I'm in school. I'm in all these cool bands, and I'm getting shit on a lot by people because it's not cool. Like you know, I grew up in that era where it's like you're a nerd, you're a kook, you know, whatever. Like you would get beat up, fucking getting fights, shit, because of the music you like. Yeah, because you're not in Hammer. Or MC Hammer at the time, right? So, um, it got really divisive. And, you know, uh, if you were a skateboarder, you were into this or whatever. But, um, so when the dudes that I would get into, like, not not physical fights, but like arguments and stuff about music, or I would get shamed or whatever, made fun of. Right, teased. Hazed, all of a sudden, they're rocking stuff. Nirvana shirts at school and Metallica shirts. It, it hurt a little bit. It was like, dude, I've been supporting this music scene. I've been involved in it, and I've been really into it. And the only reason these dudes are into it is because it's on TV and it's getting pumped down their fucking throat. And they don't have uh, a conscious to, like, decide for themselves what they actually like. You know what I mean? And that really ruined it for a lot of us. You start going to shows, and the pits are turning into fights. Yep. It was like people are getting punched. And, like, dude, I never got hit before. You know the Pantera dudes started showing up, like, and not. I like Pantera as a band, but just the dudes that that came from that scene. Yep. The jockey kind of dudes, like, they ruined it, man, and it fucking sucked. Um, so I kind of stepped away from that, and that was a little bit why I like stuff from hardcore and shit. I like didn't really follow as much, and it, and it, um, a lot of the bands that I loved broke because there was an opportunity. And at the time, I thought it sucked, but now when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's rad. They actually made a living. Yeah. They got to fucking get paid. They weren't paying, playing for peanuts, you know. So, looking back on it, that was cool. Um, At least, like, an alter- alternative bands were getting their due, their yeah. money. Their, bands I love, like cut. Sam I Am, Jawbox, Jawbreaker, they were getting paid. Right. They're, and they're playing to big venues for lots of people, and that was good for them, you know. And, and selfishly, I was, like, focused on, well, it sucks for me, because now I have to look at Kevin, the fucking right. quarterback, 
you know. And his fucking smiley face Nirvana shirt. Yeah. But, you know, looking back on it, it was an opportunity for me to actually be open to those people and welcome them to the scene. And, and I didn't, instead I got angry and selfish and like, so like looking back on, it, I have like different perspective, but right. when it was but happening at the to time, me, time when you're a punker or whatever you want to call it in yeah. kid fucking suck. You do kind of like, it's something special because yeah. you can had I, to dig in for it. I want, can I share a story with you? Absolutely. All right. So I'm going from eighth grade to freshman year in high school. And again, this is an era where like, Things were special. Like, not that they aren't special for kids today, but it was different. There was no internet. There was, no, there was very little of the stuff we liked was on MTV or anything. You, you had to stay up at night and listen to college radio and record a show at, like, 2 in the fucking morning and catch it on tape, hopefully, so you could hear the bands that you never heard. So we're at this little – we had this thing called Rad Night. It was, um, it was a Friday Night Live. It was, like, a drug-free club at school, and they would put on this show every year called Rad Night. I ended up getting involved in this club as a straight-edge kid because of this concert. So it was a, a an industrial band called God and Brother Bob. It was f- some friends of ours that they actually I met the Deftones f- because I would roadie for them as like a freshman in high school. I'd right. carry their I want to hear that shit. story. Later I will tell too. you that yeah, too. Yeah, big yeah. Deftones guy. Oh, sick! I remember you guys were talking about him, and I was like, "Oh, fuck yeah, I, I, dude!" Yeah. So all right. Um, so this was at my high school. I was getting ready to go into freshman year, and my wife was there. So we're from the same. We both moved from the Bay Area to this little town in the valley called Manteca, and she was there, and we have this shared memory. Um, between God and Brother Bob and this metal band I was going to play called Chronic Decay, whoever was playing the music in between puts on Waiting Room. And the whole fucking crowd starts singing along. I mean, 200 teenage sweaty kids yeah. are singing Fugazi together. And the hair on the back, I'm talking, telling the story now, and the hair on the back of my neck standing up, it was fucking rad. It was a connection. I felt like I was part of something, and I belonged. And it was awesome, because I didn't feel that anywhere. So for me, that got ruined when the Nirvana shit happened. You know, like it brought kids in who were assholes and didn't get that connection. They right. didn't understand that part of it. And instead of being, you know, if I were a smarter person, I would have. Well, because it was pop music. Nirvana was whether people want to. When, when yeah, they no, broke, absolutely. Yeah. Like some people don't. No, it I, became I, pop music. Yeah. That's my problem with with the Nirvana fandom, I guess, because I, I grew up as a kid going to guitar lesson. You learn those songs. But yeah. it's like whatever people want to shit on rolling stones or something because it's on the radio for years shoved down your throat like so is nirvana and like oh, nirvana totally sucks was. just as much as any like other pearl band. jam they're just like a radio and i love my pearl jam yeah you know i, 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 I but dude, uh, don't call me daughter that's a great song oh i know it's a fucking killer I, I song. like i mean but that shit's like still pop music it is and it's like that's why nirvana is still popular and like just the fandom of nirvana can be annoying to me and it's conflicting for me He's, be- they're not that fucking good no i the, the way pearl jam's better than nirvana the way, the way people talk about them with the reverence they talk about them, I don't understand it. But they also didn't strike me like they did. Like, m- to what other people have for Nirvana, that's how I feel about Fugazi, right? Like, the way people feel about them, I feel about the Pixies. or yeah. uh, A special even, band to you. I, actually, I will even say this. Because I was listening to them before they were a pop band, Green Day. Yep. The, the 1069 Slap Happy Hours, they were in a fucking skate video, yep. dude. Yeah, no, they were in the Zorlock videos. They, they were also in the Plan B video. They're in the yeah. Plan B question. I, I was video. a Green Day kid when I was a Nirvana kid. Same, yeah. same. I we, mean, different times, but. We tried I, to catch them. I pick on Green Day a lot, too. Yeah, we tried to catch them. Um, this was before the, the the drummer that's there now, with the first drummer. Okay, they cool. Had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on but, the first album, they had the other guy. Yeah, so when they were playing that, that version of the band, we tried to catch them in the Cattle Club because, hey, girls, dude. Tons of chicks like Green Day. So you're going to meet a girl. Like, you know, chicks weren't into skate kids. So, like, 
Um, you didn't meet girls that often, so it was awesome if you got to go to a show and there, there were chicks there. And um, so we all tried to go and couldn't get it. It was sold out, dude. Like, they were selling out clubs left and right yep. way before they got big. So, like, it was it, – looking back, it shouldn't have been a surprise to those of us who were listening to them. But I, by the time um, Dookie came out, I was kind of, like, bummed on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that, that whole era, like, it spiraled out, and I started to, like – bum out on some of that and i really got into hip-hop i already liked rap music a lot um but i kind of like really focused on because what i was seeing in hip-hop was what i connected with in punk music early on which yep. was that underground DIY. angry diy yeah. yeah djs and graffiti and i was already into graffiti and skateboarding and shit. own rule set yeah it was a different it was a different scene but it wasn't that different and i think a lot of people looking back like understand yeah that like retrospect a lot of people see the connection now yeah. but at the I, not like I was there, but you hear stories and like you weren't really into both. Everybody wasn't into both at the same time. No, I, I think there was a, there, there actually was quite a bit of crossover. And, and, and the band whose name I can't remember that did the song Straight Edge uh, Band. Nah, they were from that that era of like that '80s hardcore. Fuck, sick of it all. That's oh, what yeah, I'm trying to think I of. I was sick of it all. Yeah, could not think of their name. Jesus Christ. They're not. Uh, I don't think. No, nah, I don't think so. But I don't think they're also they're like not crazy partiers. I saw I saw them open for the Beastie Boys as um, Quasar. They, um, the Beast Boys are fucking sick, dude. I, I love that band. Yeah. Um, they blew up, which was tough. But what I loved about the Beastie Boys is they knew that they had fans, but they, they re-earned fans like me when they did Check Your Head because they were playing little clubs. No one was coming. They were a fucking huge group. Like in the eighties, they were as big as Run DMC, bigger. They were huge. Better than Run DMC, I'd say. I don't know, dude. That's I don't know if I agree with that. that. I don't know. I think know. MCA has one of the best voices in music. Yeah, but verse for verse, I would take King DMC. of Rock is is DMC a hot track. and Run are better rhyme writers. That's where I would go with that. Maybe, maybe but for that era. For that era, I would say they're. But anyways, yeah. Uh, so they would do rad shit like like change the name of the band and go out and play as Quasar. So so then some only some people go in for Yeah, it, right? the kids who were digging through the crates and looking for shit knew. They're in the know. Yeah, and so when like they played at the Sac Skate Park um, where the vert ramp was before they built the big mini ramp in there, they, there was just a big empty flat ground area and um, they fucking would throw shows there. And so this band called Wilhaven uh, who were from Sacramento, um, Quasar, and, or, uh, yeah, Quasar and Sick of It All. Sick of It All opened and Quasar played. And it was fucking rad, dude. It was so good. I, it was when I first started drinking and I got fucking shithoused. And I was trying to talk to the BC boys in the back of the, like, where their vans were. And I'm like, hey, you guys, I got some money. Are you guys take me to buy a 40? And they're like, yeah, just give me the money. Oh, <laughs> it was so like, funny. It was Ad Rock and uh, MCA. And I was oh, like. Rest in peace, MCA. Yeah. Yeah, they were really cool. And they ended up going skating. They they skated before I got shit housed. I skated the mini ramp with uh, MCA. Um, it was funny because they were wearing like these zip up um, coveralls. And uh, but he could skate. He wasn't yeah. great, but he could no, skate. They, he I, I'm f- I'm in the know that they're skaters. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I don't know if all of them do, but I know MCA does. Right. And I, and I think Ad Rock. He was really into punk. He was in that movie with the dude from X. Um, and I think he's like married to a. Uh, Someone. They were punk. Every, most people nowadays know that they were, they BC Boys started as a, yeah, punk, as a punk band. band. I would yeah, assume yeah. most people listen to this know about yeah. that, but they were a punk band. Egg Rain on Mojo, if you know that song. Oh, I know it. Love yeah. that song. Oh yeah, they're easily one of my favorite bands, man. Like, and I think what they did with Check Your Head was really cool because they really introduced um, music that we weren't aware of. Like, you know, kids across America weren't really aware of like like um, Jimmy Smith and like Santana type shit. You know, like just real deep groove stuff but then they would also play punk like I, right and I, have led zeppelin in their songs yeah too. yeah you the dust I mean? brothers did that whole second album paul's boutique yeah 
is their number one probably right no when it came out nobody liked it and and it and it tanked their career to the check your head level where like when they started playing like small clubs they're like fucking nobody likes us anymore because People weren't ready for Paul's Boutique. It was ahead of its time. Sample heavy. Yeah, and it, and it was like... Set re- the gold standard for sampling, kind and, of, in yeah. some ways, right? And... Oh, man, did we break it? No, no, no. Okay, all right. Uh, and they they set a lot of, like, like you said, they set a lot of trends, and, um, and people just weren't ready for it. And now looking back, it's probably one of my favorite albums of theirs. Yeah. Um, I think most people... Nowadays, it is Paul's Boutique's really, really like, yeah, And it's goes... Hard. Yeah. You got the Beastie Boys book, dude. Sh- no, I did not. No, it's I cra- should get it. It's a crazy it, book. Yeah. You definitely like it as a fan. Cause I'm a, I'm a fan, but it seems like you're heavier into it than me. But yeah, love that Beastie oh, Boys, dude. I'm huge on the Beastie Boys. I'm right here with Josh Bankhead on the Moron Voice Audio Show. This is a new trend of me not giving a fuck in the podcast where I used to just hold in my piss and I'd make my guests. I'd see their, as you say, eyeballs floating. <laughs> But I had a couple waters in me, and I killed that Aroma Joe's coffee. She's fucking gone. And this delicious, what, Route 44 coffee? 44 North. Um, I almost finished this so, one. I, I really had to piss there. Sorry about a, the There's off. a cool place here in town that sells this coffee in their coffee shop, and it's called Coveside, I believe. So you know where um, the Sun Bakery place is, the Vietnamese bakery? Okay. It used to be a KFC, and then it was like something else for a while. If you go down that road, I forget what the name of the road is. It's not Ocean Avenue. It's the one that like angles off. So you can either go to Ocean or that street. They're right there. They're like right behind the veranda um, grocery store. You can buy their beans. Yeah, you can get the beans, but you can just get a cup of coffee, and I like it. Like it's a cool fucking coffee shop. They have a really good bakery. I like. I I shouldn't eat baked goods because I'm fucking diabetic, um, but I do, and it's good stuff. So um, I they love got tandem vegan for that. baked goods. That's the ones I. Eat. I I'm gonna say they probably do. Um, and I'll, I'll start letting you know, dude, like, um, always looking for vegan, ba- vegan places that have coffee and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and donuts for sure. Yeah. That's I, a pleasure. I've got to indulge a little. You I'm going to say there's a, probably a fair share of vegans going in there. And, um, I know they do like knishes and stuff and I don't know if knishes are inherently vegan or not, but it's like a potato dumpling basically. So, um, yeah. Um, that's the most that non-New Yorker way of explaining a fucking knish because I'm not from New York, so <laughs> I'm not either. It's like a potato dumpling bread thing. I don't know. Guy, guys from New York, you're like mad if you don't know what a knish is. Yeah. I think right. You uh, never had a knish. Yeah, and they're not that great. I, I mean, like it, at a place like this, yes. But if you're in New York and it's like a street cart, what is it? Italian or something? No, it's like Russian or something. It's like a Jewish thing. Um, they're like a, like a pocket with potato stuff in them. And it's hot like pocket? a yeah, it's like kind of like a hot pocket, but it's like like a flaky dough, like a almost like an empanada, but they're usually like square or kind of jelly in it. No potato. Okay, potato like, like, inside of like what? like a gnocchi. You had a gnocchi before, right? No gnocchi are like those little Italian potato, like it's almost like a ravioli, but it's just potato. It's like a okay. Yeah, so dude. it's like that. It's like that inside. It's like a like a mashed potato gummy thing inside. Mm. So I think they're probably vegan because there's. Probably just potatoes and water and starch. You could probably make it without dairy if there's in it. I bet. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it calls for butter. butter. That's what I was like. Wonder if they sneak some butter in there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty bad about that because I cook with a lot of butter. So. Yeah, I mean, shit. Sometimes as a vegan, shit happens, and I'll accidentally eat some butter, and it it bums me out. But I can't get tripped on it. Yeah, it's not. Um, I mean, I don't try to fucking eat butter, and I don't. I feel like. Like, there are people who, like, make way too much of a point of it, and people who are just like, oh, shit, I didn't want that to, you know. Well, so the I get thing it. is, if you're looking for, like, longevity of your diligence, 
you got to embrace it. I mean, I've been doing it for long enough now. It's How long like, have you been vegan for? I've been, well, vegan for like only a couple years, but I've been vegetarian for 15 years. So I've wow. been for, I think like almost 17 yeah. years or something like that. I have, I have a really weird. I was a kiddo. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I went vegetarian as a teenager and I stayed with it until I was like 19. Um, and I kind of wavered back and forth because I was, I understand the sentiment of veganism and vegetarianism. I don't agree with factory farming. I think it's really terrible, <coughs> but I have this, like, <coughs> I have this opinion about food and eating that people don't always like to hear, um, and I'm not going to push it on you or anything, but... Give it to me. Uh, I just, okay, the the most poetic way I've ever seen it shown is there was a movie that was made about Charles Darwin and his daughter, it was like called like Charles and Sarah or something like that, uh-huh. it's like a little indie film, and in there, he sort of has this epiphany, he's watching this fucking dead bird get eaten by like... He's, he's just sitting staring at a dead bird and it's like the worms and the fungus and the flies and the maggots and all that shit. Like it, they do like a super sped up version of like the decomposition yeah. of the body of the, and then it sort of goes into like, like this weird thing about how chaotic the universe is. And to me, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it. Like it's hard for us as human beings because we personify and we, we project our, our consciousness onto everything else. We think in terms of how we think, but when you fucking step back and you separate yourself a little bit from it all. You know, chaos and violence and shit's kind of a weird, natural part of Absolutely. how things exist. And, and you know, like, I'm not saying this about you, but I'm just like, there are people out there who are like trying to feed their cats vegan food. And I'm like, dude, cats don't eat vegan food. Cats eat fucking fish and I had a little topic on that on, on, on an episode. I, I was missed an, that one. I was then. anti-vegan pet food. Yeah. I don't think it's, I think it's kind of cruel to do that. There's, I, follow, I forget the name of this Instagram page. Love this page. Uh, a lot of people, when I show it to them, they're like, oh, let me, it's maybe you know it, um, very popular page. It's a bunch of like wildlife, dan- not danger, like animals mauling each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I is it the, the same one the that like they also show like chicks in bikinis? They're like, fuck, dude, I didn't come on here for uh, that. No, okay. it doesn't. That I don't know that one. I <laughs> swear like, that's out. not the one. No, they're like, check out I my swear other page. That's not the one. No, but no, it's just it's all animals. Sometimes it's like people getting hit by a car, which I yeah. don't like. But it's like you know, gnarly animals shit. ripping each other's heads yeah. off. Yeah, like a fucking lion catching a fucking zebra kind right. of shit. Right, and so like stuff like that happens. But the thing that's weird about humans, like you said, we also project things. Cats and dogs have all the luck. You yeah. know what I mean? No, like, seriously, like it's like yeah. we project this. Per- but um, at the same time, what's we're like these crazy, like we make we can make these decisions. Yeah. So it's like that's kind of where I've always been at is like I'm making the decision. To yeah. To, yeah. And like I get it. You know, I I don't I don't, I don't want I. Ideally, the world would be vegan, I guess, but it's like that's not evil of me to say because I'm a fucking vegan. Yeah. But I'm in. I, I, I think you're allowed to do what you want to do. That's the way I look at right. it. Right. You don't want to eat meat. I'm not going to fuck. If you come over to my house, I'm going to feed you vegan food because you're a guest and I want you to be comfortable. So, like, I'm not going to push my shit on anyone or, like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't, I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't want to argue with people about their decisions. Like, I fucking do what you do. Like I said about the straight edge thing. You know, I had my own personal fucking feelings about shit, and I just kind of like, all right, this is what makes sense to me, and um, and that's the direction I'm going to go in. And but like, if people ask me about it, I'll tell them. But outside of a context like this, I don't normally like fucking try to talk to people. Same about, unless somebody's yeah. interested, or like, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm yeah. A preach, not a preacher. Yeah. Um, but I think in your in- instance, so you kind of have to tell people because you don't want to eat butter, or right. you don't want to eat fucking cheese. And it can be hard sometimes. I mean, growing up, I mean. You said you saw a bit of the discrimination when you were a vegetarian or whatever. Yeah. Like, so it's like, I always saw that. Some people are like, well, obviously tease you growing up when you're a kiddo yeah. and you're like doing this 
for yourself and like you're trying something that's like family thinks that's weird uncle danny thinks that you Dude. know what i mean and it's like so i've always tried to not be like them on the other side of like v, like so you know you know what i'm going through right now man i'm in my 40s and I quit drinking and i started going to aa meetings congratulations thank you um and I don't talk about that because, like, uh, like this is a weird misconception. And people get uncomfortable when you tell me you quit. And I, know, I heard you say you quit drinking, too. Yeah. Um, people get uncomfortable. Like they think, Never had like, a serious problem. I just said, fuck alcohol. I hate alcohol. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I, I, don't, I don't really say that, yeah. but I will go on record saying there's, I actually hate alcohol. There is um, – I don't want to get uh, – I'll get carried away on this. But oh, there's, okay. like – the way I've heard it medically de- de- described to me through a, a therapist I was talking to was um, alcoholism, medically speaking, means, like, you're physically addicted. So if you – quit drinking you could die because your body has become dependent like those people get shakes and shit in the yeah. morning like the Doug Stanhope's of the world um, they could die like you literally could die from not drinking um, you'll also probably die from drinking but um, but then there's people like me who they call alcohol dependent so like I was using booze to deal with emotional problems that I didn't realize I had or I maybe was aware of it but I was like avoiding it consciously or subconsciously doing this <sighs> That's a good question. I don't know. A lot of people subconsciously do it and they yeah. can't see it. I, I, I feel like you kind of live in a delusional world where like it is there, like, okay, like I would catch myself driving home from work and I was a beer salesman for a while. Um, and I was, I'm really into beer. Like I really like beer. I, I drink non-alcoholic beers that like taste good. Like I, yeah, like I drink non-alcoholic IPAs and stouts and lagers and shit because the beer's good. I like it. It's a delicious drink. I just can't do the booze. Like I can't. So, um, I would have these like mental, I call it in, in we talk in meetings and shit, I, I, like doing math, basically like, well, I'm not as bad as this guy. Like my stepdad is fucking this. My, my mom. Yeah. I was like comparing myself to other people. I called it doing math. You're like, you're doing equations to make yourself justified. Yeah, exactly. And I did a lot, a lot. And I realized that was me not recognizing that I wasn't dealing with problems that I have. And like. In the, t- I'm almost three years uh, sober, and in that three years has been fucking hard because I'm learning about things about myself and the way my brain works and the way that uh, I'm not very emotionally mature um, and how I deal with things that, you know, have like forced me to reconcile. Because in the past, I would just drink and I'd be mellow and, you know, Yep. If I didn't drink too much, how I much did you drink? Oh, dude. <laughs> I mean, I, we don't need to do this. No, no, it's all, I'm totally not. I kind of forgot where we were. No, on, no, on, that's, on, it, so. it's all good. I am not ashamed to talk about it. As a matter of fact, when people ask me, I'm usually pretty candid with them. I was at a point where I could put down five or six beers on a regular day, like a Tuesday. And so, like, one day, right before I quit drinking, um, I literally came home with. I would go to Hannaford because they have the six pack thing where you could build a six pack for ten bucks. But would they they fig, I, people like me fucking fucked that up for everyone else because I would grab like the most expensive beers and put them in there. Something like Allegash triples and stuff, and like put them in there and bring it up and like ten bucks. And I got home one day. I was barbecuing in the backyard, cooking stuff on the grill. My wife was doing stuff in the kitchen. Brought home the six pack. I killed the six pack. In less than an hour. So just go, go, just go, open go, one and go. threw it down. And like, wow, these are going so fast. And I'm like, so delicious, he said. Yeah, and I was like looking in the fridge, like, do I have any more beers? <sighs> no. And I was like, I was gonna go back to the store and get more. And my wife's like, I-, I think you should just like call it a night. You know, like you just killed six beers and it's like fucking four. And it's like, uh, all right, like, but in my head, I wanted more, and I would have kept drinking. When you're I, an alcoholic, right? Pretty much, that's it. Yeah, and so. I can't, I don't have that will. I mean, I stopped there because I was sort of like called out. But if I hadn't been called out, I would have just gone and got another six or I probably got a 12 or 
when I was selling beer, I had so much access to, to alcohol that I was just like, I would have like two cases of beer in my car and I would crush half part, of it. Part of your lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And it was like not even a thing. You know, I wasn't really supposed to do that, but I did it and so did everyone else. Um, and before you know it, I was like drinking a beer on the way home. You know, I'm like cracking a beer and keeping it low and like taking the back road so I can drink a beer while I go home. And like that became part of my day, my day to day. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, this isn't right. So what ended up happening to me is I got to know you why. And, and my kids were in the car, dude. And that could have been huge. Like I could have gotten my kids taken away from me. I could have done a year in jail. I could have done a lot of things. I was at um, I was it was the day before my birthday or two days before my birthday. So my sobriety date is like easy for me to remember because it's like two days yeah i'm april 21st and i got sober on april 19th so two days before my birthday so the 18th i'm skating with my homies um i just started skating again and i'm fucking i mean i'm terrible now but i was worse then you know i could, couldn't even all yet um and i was like 300 pounds and i'm trying to like you're 300 pounds yeah you're tall well, I'm like 240 right now, so I lost about 60 pounds. You wear it well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're being too kind. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so this day I'm out at the skate park. Um, I picked up some beers to take to a function. I forget what it was for, but I was bringing – it was right at the beginning of COVID, so I, like, was getting some for my friend who's a DJ who was, like, held up in his house, wouldn't leave his house. So I picked up some beers for him, and I had, like, cases of beer in my car. And I'm just cracking beers at the skate park because I'm, like, done skating, and I don't know how many I had. Then we went to a brewery that a friend owns, and we're eating pizza. Again, this is COVID, so we're, like, everything's takeout. So we're taking it out to the parking lot and, like, drinking beers and eating pizza. And it was me and my buddies and their kids, my kids. No one was really counting how many beers I'd had until it was, like, holy shit. And then I jumped in my car to drive home. And one of my friends who there was – he's a sober guy. He's actually the dude that helped me get in – get sober um was like he told me like man i wanted to grab your keys from you and he was like i i w- didn't feel like i knew you well enough to do that yep um so i he's like he's like i'm kicking myself for not doing it but i told him i was like i'm glad you didn't because had you i probably still be drinking right now like i wouldn't have gotten stopped i wouldn't have gotten wouldn't have happened and that oui was what Turn like the switch yeah dude i literally the next day was like i'm done drinking yep and I never could do that before. Like, I tried, like, like, a few weeks, a month. I haven't had a drink since. And I can't say it's been easy, but it hasn't been hard. You know what I mean? Like, it hasn't been, like, some people, when they quit, they're like, fucking, I really want to drink. Or, you know, they're, like, fighting the urge. When I made the decision, dude, that was it, you know. And, and for me, that's what's different than some people. And when I would go to meetings and stuff, I could see people were struggling with it. And they weren't ready. You know, maybe they wouldn't go, they can't go back out or whatever. I didn't have that problem. And I'm not saying I'm better than them or like I just dealt with it differently. Right. And when it happened for me, I was ready. I was done, you know, and that was it. So um, so it wasn't that hard for me to stop. And for me, the one thing that I was like, fuck, the, the one thing that I was hung up on was like, man, I'm never going to taste another beer. And I was like, well, wait a minute. You got those ones. You said yeah, there's like, all these rad little fucking non-alc beers that have okay, come out. Yeah, yeah. Those are great for people who like that kind of nicer beer because most yep. of them are a nicer beer, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've never, I've had like sips when I've still drank beers of them. I just don't really fuck with them. Yeah, no, it, and I don't that, really it, fuck with soda. For or some, some people, it's not a good thing. It's a trigger for them, and it, for some people, if they have that, it makes them want to go out drinking. Yeah, it doesn't do that. It, it, it and it, what it does for me is it puts me in a place where like I'm not thinking about drinking anymore because I know I've got this. She'll drink. Yeah, and I'll have. One, like a six pack of non-alc beers lasts me like two weeks, you know, sometimes longer. I don't always want one. And when I do want one, I just have one, you know, I rarely have more than uh, I'll maybe like if we're out like on a skate trip or something I'll have and the boys are all drinking. I'll end up drinking two or three 
But that's a rare yeah. occasion, and it's not like you catch a buzz off of two or three non-elk beers. You just feel heavy, right? <laughs> and I have to piss a lot. Um, but that's it. Yeah. So I, I don't know that. Um, for me, that was like a big catalyst, and that's what made me quit drinking. I, what for you? What for was for me? Your... Well, I had I was um, I smoked. It was started from me smoke, quitting smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I smoked cigarettes like typical throughout most of my teen years and all my twenties. And I started smoking a lot because I was like yeah. kind of more, a little more of a dirt bag, like a handful, but a nice, charming dirt bag, you know, yeah. not evil. I heard um, your story about the good, cigarette bad, butts, dude, with the yeah, Sydney cig- thing. Cigarettes and like cigarette mobile. I, yeah. I used to call my car. I mean, I smoked, dude, I smoked hard yeah. cigarettes. But uh, so I finally quit those. And then um, actually, um, I had a bad experience drinking when I was out with one of my best friends. Um, I had a bad experience drinking because we both got angry with each other. Yeah. We were hammered and walking around the town drinking, having a good time. Yeah. And um, we, I, and I didn't like how we were acting. And I was thinking, like, this is ridiculous. We drank a typical a hard night out with with my friend. Yeah. And then um, that friend actually. So then I didn't drink. I, and then I didn't see my friend for about a month. And then he actually passed away. Oh, this is the friend we were talking. Yeah, okay. yeah. Did, did, did some substance. Yeah. And I was like, you know, like. I have a lot of different options to look at here, and I like was already starting to get a little more into like um, wellness, yeah, whatever it is, Dude, you know. Everybody finds because I like at that point I, I um had already uh stopped doing all dairy. No, I, I mean, dude, I'll have like a ginger ale like a couple times a year. Did, or something. did you feel weird like? I'm vegan or going vegan or, or vegetarian. I'm trying to eat healthy, but then you're ripping butts. It's like, well, doesn't that seem I, like a weird dynamic? I got that the whole time because people get, hassle you for smoking or, or for being a vegetarian. Yeah. Either way, they be, you're a vegetarian. But um, it was kind of like weird. But um, I I came at the vegetarian thing from uh, uh, respect for animals. Yeah, yeah, understood. Now it's kind of a little more, well, actually, I'm pretty on that fence too. But um, yeah. it's uh, the health part. I, yeah, I, yeah. Like, for, I like vegan health kind of but back then i was a little more like um dude i got into it from punk rock yeah i got into for, smoking and vegetarian through punk. from punk rock yeah. and anime essentially. oh for sure <laughs> yeah what's I mean? his name from uh fucking chromax he's a huge vegan advocate and he, and he pushes the john jay yeah he yeah, pushes the big, big hero I, actually, I figured as much i hear you drop a lot of pma stuff and yeah, i don't know i got a all ton. john john can be a hot topic because he, he but i mean He's, he's a bit of a hothead himself. Yeah. He's a hothead, and I mean, whatever, but he, and he has some really hot takes on the government. I'm not a politics guy. No, me either. Um, but I actually got a first edition of his book, How to Unfuck Your Health, autographed. It says... Um, Did you go to the Chrome Act show? No, no. I'm oh, actually... I uh, tickets. I, I'm not a... I, I don't want to hate hate on pe- what people like. Yeah. You like the Chrome Acts. I'm not a fan of Harley. Okay. Because I'm such a John Stan. I'm not a... All. Yeah, and I, just for me, historically, like... I would be stoked just to go see them play because they are a big part of the scene that I grew up loving. And yep. so, like, I, even though I don't even, I probably couldn't tell you four, two Chromatic songs. I know who those guys are, and I know, you know, like you got to listen to Blood Clot. I will. That's yeah. John Joseph's new band. If they came to town, so I'd he's be going. He's no longer in the Chromags. No, and it was kind of a bit of a battle with I the, didn't know the, this. the I name. He was still there okay. with the name and the history of the Chromags has yeah. a lot of people fucking each other over and whatever. I I nerd about that stuff. Baby I'm not Lama saying drama, anybody dude. did anything, yeah. but looks like some people like did some bad stuff to each other. Yeah, and like I'm not like a and there's also if you look at the history, not everybody in that early New York skinhead scene. There's different kinds of skinheads. Oh, I know. Some of them yeah, were I the know. bad ones. Yeah, I know. I and know and then that. they like veered the line yeah. and they got out of it. 
Some of them was not the best people. Yeah. Historically, I don't know. I just think the whole thing's weird. My, I'm like, that's kind of like seeing... Jer- I'm not going to go see Jerry only with the Misfits if he came to town. No, I'd go see him. Yeah. Nothing wrong with going. I'd go see him, just because. You know, nothing yeah. wrong with it either. I just He no, was a, he no, was an original member of the band, right? I just didn't go, you know. Yeah. But it looked... I saw some videos and pictures that looked like people went crazy and had a great time. Yeah. And it's cool that at least... People I, are flagged like having that name, and it's carrying the tradition. Because I know a lot of younger people are going to like these shows, which is cool. Okay, if our, if I'm going to back up here for a second, I'm sorry, you just triggered a memory for me. If if we're if we're establishing that a straight edge band has a front man or front lead person, whatever you want to define that as. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was asking about that. Uh, okay, if if those are the if that's a qualifier, then Dinosaur Junior is my number three. <laughs> Nice, dude. Because Jay is still straight edge to this day. He's Jay's been straight edge his whole life. Yeah. And I've seen them without Murph and Lou. Um, I'm a huge Dinosaur Jr. fan. That sounds fan. perfect. I'm actually learning how to play in a jar on my bass right oh, now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a fucking hard song right. to play. I, I, I'm a big Dino guy myself. Oh, dude. And, and Lou's bass lines are more complicated than the other than the Jay written, played by someone else. I forget the guy's name, the tall blonde guy that used to play it for him. But, um... um I love Murph. Dude, Murph's the turtle man. man. Yeah, they're so He's a beast drummer. I pick on Lou. I got a friend who's a big Lou Barlow fan, so I like to pick on Lou. I like, but I, I like Lou. I don't he know. He has a weird attitude, it seems, but I, I'm mad. Yeah, he was, I think he was kind of on the, in the drug scene for a while. Was I think he? that I think that was what was going on. I don't know that much about him. He's got a gnarly tone, too. He does. And it's weird. Like If you listen to Sebado stuff, some of those songs are great. Some of them are kind of rough, but I think they're intentionally rough. I think he likes to fuck with people's... like. Idea uh, of sound. Yeah. And I and I try to embrace that a little Never bit. Never like, got too into them, but I mean, it's chill. There's but some cool I, shit. I like the Jay Solo shit and like yeah. all of his stuff that Martin he ever me does. And yeah. The fucking, yeah, those are. And I like every Dino album. I got my, to, to, on different spectrum. Obviously, there's some, some lower ranking ones, but I, I can listen to any Dino album. I tried to introduce my wife to them because she was really into Sonic Youth and like she actually put me on a Mazzy Star. Oh, dude, I love Mazzy Star. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, they're so good. Um, she used to play them when we were dating, like when we were going to bed. She put Mazzy Star albums on, and I was like, I have all these like fond memories of Mazzy Star with her. Um, but I'm, I love the music. Like I didn't really know that much about them. I, they kind of came up in that pop wave of like alternative music, whatever. And I was sort of shunning. And then she turned me on to them. So I try to return the favor, and I'm so aggressive with shit. She'd be like, ah, I don't like it. Um, but she didn't know about the Pixies. She didn't know about Dinosaur Jr. I would not say she didn't know. She probably knew those bands existed, but she didn't listen to them. But she loved. Sonic Youth. And I'm like, well, if you love Sonic Youth, you're going to love Dinosaur Jr. She didn't like it at first. And then I played for her um, Several Shades of Y, and that got her to get over Jay's voice. She likes that. That's what it is for everybody is Jay's voice. Yeah. And now she's gone. I've seen Dinosaur Jr. seven times. She's gone to four of those shows. I've never shows. seen them still. Oh, I've dude. I've loved them They for just like played the 16, state. 17, 18, they just played the time. state, and there was, like, nobody there. I know. I, okay. So I don't really love that new album it's that much. It's great. I thought it was all not that good. Oh, but, man. man. That's kind of why I was like, I, I just wanted to. So good. But it's like, I mean, I would, I can listen to it. I'm not like hating, hating, but I'm just like. I think it's one of the best albums they put out since they reunited. Really? Yeah. That's insane because I was thinking it's the worst maybe. Wow. I really like it. And that first song. I like that one. What was the one like a couple years ago and it had like a mountain or something? Is it? Yeah, I, I don't remember what it's called, but I, I, I have That's it. my favorite like new one. It's pretty good. Or modern. I, I'm not saying I don't like the others. I just I'm think that. I'm not trying to that, shit on the no, new no, one here. I, love I always end up sh- shitting on that when it comes up. Yeah. I don't, I just, and so I didn't really want to go because this is a segment called why I didn't go to shows, I guess. <laughs> Can I tell you one thing? 
They don't play that much of the new stuff. They That's did, why I didn't, because I was like, they're probably promoting the record. No, they didn't. I mean, they played a couple songs. Do they played songs from the very first album when they were a metal band. Really? Yeah. Because they were a metal band first. They were like, I forget what they called it, but Jay was a drummer. Do you like Green Mind? That's one that a lot of people shit on or love on. I actually love all of their albums. I, I really do. I really love Green Mind. Yeah, man. it's good. It's one of my favorite albums. One of my favorite songs, yeah. Thumb. My favorite albums are the first three or four. Um, I really love Bug. I think that's the one that I, like, I got into them on. Insane album. Yeah. Freak Scene's the song for me. Yeah, that's the one of their D. hits. They probably played Dude. that last or something. In the... Um, Speed Freaks was one of the first. So, Dinosaur's a skate rock band. They are. They are. And um, they all, Jay's a skateboarder, just so you know. He yeah. doesn't skate anymore, but he was a skateboarder. No, and like he has Alien Workshop. Yep. They is, yeah. With that. So, he, like, I believe his connection there was um, Neil Blender. And I believe, could be wrong about this, but because Neil Blender was one of the early people in the beginning of, of Alien, he left GNS to start um, that with two other guys whose names I don't remember, but they're GNS guys. And they, they decided to go to Akron, Ohio, is where I think they started. And they, they're like, hey, there's nothing in the Midwest. So they went there and they fucking started this company. And that was like right in the beginning of my skateboarding. Like I started skating in 87. Um, I got a board from a stoner kid, a Hesher kid. Lived in, I lived in like – so like Kennedy Park is kind of like a – what I would call as a kid, we would call them welfare apart- apartment complexes. Yeah. People live there because they're on like, like fucking se- – Like Section 8 housing type shit. Like where I grew up, we didn't have projects like they do in New York and New Jersey. But like a, home, a, a, a division of like apartments that's specifically geared to people with, on low income. So I, I lived in an apartment complex like that as a kid with my mom. It was just the two of us. And um, there was like these like stoner Hesher kids in my neighborhood – and they all had skateboards. And I was like, I wanted to know more about it. And my downstairs neighbor, who was one of my best friends, he had skateboards. He had two. He had one that was like a Veriflex Volterra, plastic wheels, plastic everything, copers, the whole nine. This is like 85 or 86. And then he had like a Vision Psycho Stick or something. I forget what – I wasn't even 10 yet. Um, free what board he had. Some but it, rad board. Something yeah, that was fucking that, rad. Something yeah, that we're talking about rad boards. So he had the shit board and the rad board. So I got to ride the shit board and he got to ride the rad board. And we would have gotten and we'd ride skateboards. And this was like right around the time of like thrashing, back to the future. All that shit was happening in this. Thrashing rules. Dude, thrashing's a rad. Thrashing rules. Yes. That was a little bit later. Thrashing came out earlier. but dude, What year is thrashing? I want to say it's 84, 85. It was right at the beginning of the upswing of street skateboarding and skateboarding coming back out of, like, having been considered dead. So that shit is Romeo and Juliet, essentially. Kind of is. Yeah. No. skateboarding games. Dude, how many movies aren't? You know what I mean? Like, a lot of rom-coms and shit all use those, like... They don't make them like that no more. (sighs) Like, thrashing? No, they don't. But I feel like they do. You know what I mean? Like, they take that same trope and they just spit it in a new way. You know, they're, uh... Scooter but, kids now. Yeah, so, of. <laughs> so you had that shit fucking board. Yeah, and then so the stoner kid, Sean, he had a Klaus grab key set up, sold it to my mom Love for Klaus. T- dude, Which I, one? The it cla- was the one the with the melting clocks and he's and the guy's running from the clocks. I skate one of the Powells. Dude. You know those I, I got the blue one. I do, yeah. So this was a Santa Cruz board. It's Klaus grab key. I don't know what the trucks and wheels were. I had no idea what trucks and wheels were even then at that time, so I wouldn't have known that look. I had the board for all of like a week. And uh, we went down to this, uh, all the way into town, like five miles into town, rode skateboards, went to this uh, arcade right in the middle of town, which was right next to the skate shop in town. Uh, and um, the guy's like, you can't bring that in here. This is that era, right? 
And uh, I'm like, oh, I was like nine or ten years old. I'm like, fuck, what do I do? So he's like, leave it outside the door. Like an idiot. I put my skateboard outside the door of the arcade, went in to play video games, went out, and it was gone. Yeah. So never saw the board again. Shit. So I didn't get another skateboard. I, I would have been in like fourth or fifth grade, had a skateboard for a week, was into it, wanted to get better this at it. This is in California. This is in California. In that's San in Livermore. That's in Livermore, California, which is just a little outside San Francisco. That's where the Altamont stuff happened. But that that's, zonage. Yeah. Like if you're and wrapping an area. East, that. East Bay. It's um, it's called the Tri Valley. So you got Pleasanton, Dublin. That's like Walnut Rancid. Creek. Uh, Rancid. Don't they say East Bay in their songs. So Rancid's like a Berkeley band. Right. Uh, but Berkeley. some of those guys are, some of those guys are they're from all over. Because one of the dudes was like from L.A. But they kind of like came to Berkeley and settled there. Because they're some of those dudes are hangovers from Operation Ivy. I forget the names of the dudes. Tim. Yeah, Tim Armstrong, right? Yep. Okay, and then big Tim guy, big Rancid guy. I am. Yeah, he's the he's the dude with the rough voice in, in Operation Ivy. I never. Like, here's the problem. Uh, yeah, I could sing every fucking Operation Ivy song. I couldn't tell you three guys in the band's names. I'm just that dude. Amazing like, album. Yeah, oh fuck, they were so. I, I hardly listen to it, but I love it. You know what I mean? I lo- I wanted to like Rancid more, and when that first album came out, I was like, all right, cool. Here's a band that I can fucking stick with, right? But they didn't do Operation Ivy. Like it no. was the dynamic wasn't there for me of the dudes the two dudes voices yeah they, they and the energy of, like more like that first rancid's like punk punk is I don't know how to yeah play. no I know it, it punk, is right? yeah it, I but mean it's like East Bay punk, punk skies what they pop poppy punk skies what they turned into you know what Big I heard rancid guy they changed I, my life I heard a great uh, um, for Operation Ivy I heard a, a great comparison made which was somebody's like these dudes are doing what the Clash did in the 70s, in the 80s, yep. which was they're playing punk, they're playing ska, and doing dub shit, and doing their version of it. And they're not afraid to fuck with it. And I was like, that's pretty smart. This is like a, a dude who did sports talk radio, who he's, was, used to be like a, a rock radio guy. Right. And he heard that song, they used it as like an intro on one of the, because I'm a big Giants baseball fan. And he heard the intro, someone played it at Operation Ivy, and he's like, wait, is that a Clash song? He's like, I never heard that before. And the guy's like, no, it's Operation Ivy. He's like, dude. And he went off. He's like, and on like a 30-second snippet of an Operation Ivy song, he just went off on like how he compared him to The Clash. And I'm like, I've never heard that before, and it's a fucking spot Especially on. that, those early, like when The Clash, those like the first, yeah. so all, you know on that first album, there's a couple of the reggae covers, but they punk them. Mm-hmm. Um, names are escaping me right now. No, I know. Make this Sorry. Fuck. Yeah. I, I know there's <laughs> timeless fucking songs. And I'm not claiming to be a reggae expert. I do know but more did, reggae than yeah. some people. Yeah, no, yeah, but they did do a lot of covers. Like this, you, I remember you guys talking about the specials and shit. Yeah. Do you know a lot of those songs were also covers? covers? Yeah, yeah, like they did, um, what, 5449, uh, the Jimmy Cliff, or no, Toots. Toots of the Maytals. That's what I want. Toots is sick. You were talking with yeah. the Mongo yeah. guy, and I yeah. wanted to be like, I was like screaming, Toots! Yeah. If you're going to talk about the beginning of Ska, they invented it. Toots of the Maytals, it was their guitar player, who invented that, that, yeah, the upbeat fucking strum, dude. That, and I was like, oh, yeah, anyway, yeah. I really don't, I want to, I would like. Toots is still a band, or if they're not a band, they just disbanded. There was some kind of touring yeah, entity of that group. Didn't Toots pass? Asking the wrong guy. Dude, he'd be like fucking 80. Sorry, we were jumping all over oh, the place. No, it's okay. Yeah. All right, so whatever was I at? Oh, I was talking about Speed Freaks. My neighbor skated for Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, he was an older guy. Moved in. Long story, his sister and my mom grew up together, and we're like best friends. And I didn't know the guy. He used to pick on my uncle. Um, so we moved to, to the next town over, a couple towns over to Manteca, which is in the valley. He moves in like a year or two after I'm there, and I'm starting to skate, uh, and I see this guy come up with like a Santa Cruz sticker on his car. So I roll up there. Hey, man, you skate? And he's like, yeah. He's like fucking 25, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, get out of here, kid. I'm like 10. Uh, I was like 11 or 12. Um, and uh, so 
I end up getting to meet him. I find out through him. I didn't even know what sponsorship was. I knew there was pro skaters, but I didn't know that there were like almost pro skaters. I didn't understand all the dynamics. And through him, I learned a ton of shit. And not like he was sitting like, "Hey, let me tell you about skateboarding." I just would bug it up, and this I would just about that, right? bug the fucking shit out of him every time I saw his car in the driveway. I'd knock on the door, like I was over there asking. So questions. what? He had like the magazines and shit, dude. He had fucking grocery bags full of like. He had the magazine with Jay Adams doing the fucking the loop. loop. Not the loop, but the concrete thing. Yeah. Like, they have him, like, upside down, like, almost going over. Like, yeah. And he's telling me, like, this is the first dude to do punk rock and skateboarding. Like, he was stoked to tell me that shit when I was into it, you know. And, like, I would go over, and he, like, <laughs> he had a fucking uh, sewer line that broke. And he's like, here, give me a shovel. I was like, you, and we're talking, like, a quarter of an acre. Dig this thing out, and I'll give you a bag. Give me a bag, grocery bag full of Santa Cruz and the NHA stickers. Sick. And I fucking worked for, like, four days, like, from morning to night to do that <laughs> for like a bag of stickers. I was like, That's I was hilarious. stoked to do it. Um, and then he ended up selling my mom. So this, what happened was I used to go in my neighborhood. I was real ambitious. I needed money. I didn't have shit. My mom was on welfare. We moved in with my, I call him my stepdad. He's my little brother's dad. And he kind of just took us in. Um, it was a weird dynamic. They weren't really together, but they ended up being together because um, they had ended up having a kid together. So we just started to have this like fucked up family life. Uh, and so I would like, we moved in this house, had a bunch of scrap metal and he, there was an old push mower. I say, I took all the scrap metal, to the recycling yard, bought a fucking weed eater and I'd walk through my neighborhood and mow lawns and sick. Yeah. And that's what I did for money. Um, and I was like, Oh, I was in sixth grade. So I was like probably 11. So I, one of the guys who I would mow his lawn regularly, he lived in a trailer park down the end of my street. His name was Dale. He was a surfer and he moved from the Bay area to where we lived. And he knew I was in skateboarding and he's like, Hey man. These fucking kids are stashing their boards under my deck, and I took them. Do you want one of them? I was like, yeah. He goes, here, and he gave me a board. What was it? I don't remember. <laughs> uh, so I'm out skating on this thing. I'm fucking hyped, right? This is my first, second board. And it, it was, I think it was a Powell board. I forget. I kind of, I knew, but I wasn't smart enough to figure out what board it was and to remember it. But So I'm skating it, and this dude rolls up one day on a skateboard, and he sees me. And it's this guy I got to know later in life. His name's Casey Lindstrom. He comes up to me, and I'm like, in middle school, and this guy's, like, a fucking junior in high school, sophomore in high school. So he's, like, an adult to me, right? And he's like, where'd you get that fucking board? And I was like, uh, my friend Dale gave it to me. And he's like, take me to him. So I take him over there. And he's like, I gotta kick your ass. I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy's gonna kill me, right? Turns out it was him and his buddies that were stashing their boards under his fucking deck. Oh, God! And he recognized, no, it wasn't his, it was his buddy. Yeah. So he knew, and then, like, luckily I did not get my ass kicked. I brought it back to Dale. Dale's like, sorry, man, I don't want to tell you. You know, here, here's your board back. He's like, quit, quit leaving your boards under my fucking porch or I'll take them again. And then, like, so my my dad got me a board for Christmas that year. What my, was that one? It was an Eric Nash Sims uh, Twin Tail. It was the Eric Nash 2, a scratch-off graphics 2. So they had, like, layers of colored ink, and you could take a thing and just draw yeah. your own graphic out of it. So, like, okay. if you, if, it was like a jawbreaker. Like, if you chipped away at it, it would go, like, red, green, blue, yellow. And so... We all thought there was a secret graphic underneath, so we scratched it off. And most people didn't do that back then. You put rails on it to protect your graphics. And by the time I got to the bottom, I realized there was no secret graphic. Idiots. Yeah. That's not what the scratch-off means. Uh, You think there's like a $100 prize at the end of it or something, right? Talking like probably like a 10-inch wide board with like two 7-inch tails. It was huge. Um, And it was sick. And I don't remember if I had trackers or indies, but I I do remember I had Powell Neutron wheels. They were like Atomic Series wheels. They were like... 60s. This was like 1988 or 89. It was, uh, I was in seventh grade. My mom bought me a setup from John, the guy down the street. It was a Corey Chrysler board. 
had Indies and OJs. Um, I don't remember the dimensions on them, but like we're talking like big fucking thick risers, you know, like didn't have the tail skid plates, but I had I had rails. I didn't have a nose thing, but we used to get these like squishy grip shit because yeah, everybody you can grab it. And yeah, because everybody's doing your, jump if ramps and stuff. You have a little stuff. bit of a nose or wherever you want yeah. to do your grab. The Corey Chrysler board didn't. It was a little bit older. He, like he had probably been sitting on the because boards back then would last for a while. So he's probably sitting on it for a while. And I remember he used to skate only Nautis boards. So they would send him a box, and he would just take the Nautises out and he would like shape them down a little bit because he was a vert dude. And um, but he liked that Nautis shape for some reason. And so anything else that wasn't a Nautis board, he would just sell or get rid of. So he sold this board to my mom, and so I had two setups. I went from nothing to two, and then uh, that I just spiraled, man. I fucking was in. I was hooked. Um, and then so you skated. Throughout all of your youth, you said you stopped for a minute. Did so in 1998, I blew my knee out really bad. Still in California. In yeah. Yeah. Went back to Livermore. I was living with my grandparents, trying to go to college. I graduated from high school in 95. So I was like going on 21. Um, I had moved around a bit. So by the time I got into high school, I was still kind of a shithead kid. I didn't know much. I, I was pushing Mongo. Uh, which was important because later when I learned how to skate switch, I could push regular switch. Yeah, yeah you were good at it because yeah, you are uh, doing it already. But I like, you know, by the time I was like graduating high school, I could ollie up and over shit. Did I you could... still push Mongo? No, no. I, I By the end of my freshman year, one of my buddies came up to me because one of my things for pushing Mongo was I would kind of lean back. I'm regular footed, so I push on my left foot, but my shoulder would go back. And when my shoulder would go back, when I go to do tricks, I'd be leaning back and I'd end up slipping out a lot. So my buddy's like, dude, you should probably just learn how to push the normal way like the rest of us, because you're leaning so much when you push that it's fucking up your tricks. Sure. And he was right. And I, when I learned how to push normal, my tricks got better. Um, Absolutely, it will. Yeah. No, it actually it made That's a huge difference. That's why it is the correct way to do it. Well, I don't. I mean, there's people, dude, who skate Mongo. Like Bill Danforth. Yeah, exactly. He's Danforth the only one people line. say. Nah, Chris Cole, dude. Chris Cole was ripping skating Mongo. Yeah, but he doesn't. Ripping. He huh? doesn't now, right? No, he because like because Jamie, Jamie Thomas, Thomas made, made him. him do it. Yeah, Hilarious. but he was already sponsored. Like Roddy Mullen was calling that dude, having conversations on the phone with still, him. So the tricks did look good. Yeah, he but was good the at style it. Style of pushing still looks wonky. Or... I, I I don't and disagree with that. You thing. know who who pushes Mongo on purpose and looks cool sometimes is Mark Gons. He'll, oh, does, he'll do it for fun. Yeah, yeah, that dude can do whatever the fuck Push he wants. Pushing Mongo on purpose, or if you rip, nothing wrong with it. On yeah, purpose, no, if you're like I, ripping. Yeah, there's people out there who rip that push Mongo. There was a dude who skate in Portland. It. No, I can't do it anymore either. I, I tried. I tried just for Mongo fakey. Mongo switch, you feel me? <laughs> That's it. I That's Yeah, I, I can't even switch Mongo. I can't. That's I, why you don't see me ride fakey because I have to. Because <laughs> you have to push Mongo. <laughs> You're like, I, res- I refuse. Um, but I really don't hate Mongo. I just think it looks a little uglier. Yeah. I don't, I, I won't have, I don't want to sit and just tell my whole story about skating. But one thing I want to to touch on just because it's kind of important about what the dirt shit so yeah, I, had, I, I do, do want to hear about yeah yeah your, yeah your i brought all the stuff and for why you. you're in maine and and, and like continuing this yeah yeah, in yeah maine. for sure so okay so 95 i graduate high school i'm skating i, I have a girlfriend and that kind of like two things happened i rolled my ankle really hard this kid we call rainbow bright because he used to wear the three color converse and we were really mean i grew up in that fresh kid thing so i went from being like a punk kid to like ah, to being a total dick and, and i and i sort of like through insecurities, whatever, I just became that dude. Um, and I was an asshole. And a lot of people I know now who I have like, I've made amends with over time. Like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I was such an asshole to you when I was a kid. I was just insecure, but you just like rage kid. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it's weird because I was pretty good in school, and like I cut, I, I ditched so much school my junior year. I had Saturday school. The way we did it back there was, if you missed school, you had to make up the time because the school got paid for the time you're there. So if you missed it time, you had to do Saturday school and make up for it. I had Saturday school my entire senior year, and they threatened that if I missed any school my senior year, they were gonna expel me. Really? So I had to stay in school and do every single Saturday, um, which fucking sucked. Uh, I couldn't even write myself out when I turned 18. I tried to, and they're like, you know, if you leave. This is an unexcused absence. You're going to be expelled. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. So um, I cut a lot of school to go skate and do graffiti and do shit. Like, we used to go to Ross and see. You were about that life. Yeah. we used to, About dude, that life hard. We fucking stole. I would go to Marshall's or uh, Ross. is like Marshall's out there. Yeah. Um, on Market Street, I, someone I was just talking to recently knew exactly. They live in, in San Francisco. I'm like, that Ross is still there. It's on Market Street. It's like lower market, which is like down by like where the Embarcadero Center is. And it was a three-story Ross. The bottom basement was the men's department, and we would just go down there and just steal clothes. We'd go in there with a backpack. What'd they have for, like, cool shit? Uh, we were so fresh, dude. Guest jeans and polo and Tommy Hilfiger that's and all that stuff. You always hear about that. Yeah, it's that, the that, stuff that, we were into. That area, right? Yeah. right that was this was, way. like, the peak of, like, Wu-Tang Clan. And, you know, um, so my friends and I were all very into hip-hop culture and music and skateboarding so like it all sort of blended in there it was yeah and so there's one story i've told people before like there was a sneaker shop a few blocks before we got to san francisco in my friend's car and i realized i forgot my backpack at home like fucking have a backpack because we were going to go steal clothes so we would go steal clothes and we go skate this is would you wear the clothes when you skated yeah oh absolutely it was like it was like basically getting sponsored like all we cared about was skating and getting sponsored and, you know, like, like I wasn't really thinking about, like, my part. Like, I was going to film a video part because it was really hard to film Were video parts. I was okay. I was I, – I, I have friends who probably should have gotten sponsored. There's a lot of people. Didn't. And, um, like, so my buddy Dell, we're at a demo. Um, Jim Thiebel would bring Deluxe to our town. To, and the guy who owned our skate shop, mm-hmm. he had a thing going. And Jim would bring, like – Every fucking if if it was venture thunder real stereo think um, Spitfire if they rode for him they came mm-hmm. you know like Wade Spare the Piaz brothers um, fuck dude so many people Chris right. Sen the gang dude the only guy I didn't get to see skate in person was John Cardio really? yeah like I never got to see him skate in person and Andy Roy I never seen him skate in person um, skate with Jaya Bonarov, uh never got to see Gershon. Um, I got to skate with the Piaz brothers. They showed up at our town for this shitty demo. It was in a bike shop parking lot. Me and my buddy who didn't know what the fuck we were doing built a fun box. Jaya, five minutes fucking ollied, landed on one side of it, and it had one layer of plywood. He put a hole in it. It was over. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Piaz, shit, huh? yeah, Piaz brothers showed up, and they're like, hey, man, because they're like our age, you know? And they're like, what, what you guys got a spot? We want to go skate? I'm like, fuck yeah, we do. We have this school. It was on Saturday, so we can go to the school, and it had a ledge that went all the way around the playground, and inside the ledge was tan bark. So, like, they built a cement ledge around it, and it was, like, the perfect height, and it was, like, 40 feet long. And so you can, if you could manual it, you were a fucking god. Champion. Yeah, and we were learning, like, you know, kickflip nose slides, kickflip 5-0s, kickflip, you know, kickflip anything was, like, you were a fucking champion. This was, like, early flip-in, flip-out days. And so I'm, like, heated. I'm, like, these dudes are pro for fucking Santa Cruz, um, you know, they're on venture. Like, this is our chance to fucking hang, you know? Yeah. So um, Jesse and Richard Paez um, and their buddy, he had a fucking sick Malibu. It was a 60s era Malibu with a white top and blue. It was fucking, like, immaculate 
car, dude. It was sick. Get in the car. They're listening to Black Moon. I'm like, oh, shit. This is dope. And uh, so we get in the car, and I take them to the spot. It was Neil Halfley. We go to skate Neil Halfley Elementary. They're hyped on the spot. Like, this place is sick. I'm like, dude, we've been buttering these fucking curbs forever. Yeah. First try, Richard Pay is fucking, uh, or Pay is he, Kickflip Manny's the fucking thing. We're like, holy shit, how do I back that up? So I come up, Kickflip front 5-0, hit the thing, pop out. I hear Jesse going, yeah. I was like, I'm in. Fired dude. up. I'm fucking Fired in, up. dude. Yeah. Like, I had, uh, at that time, I think I could do like uh, back no slide, like big spin out, and um, which is not that hard now. Again, that's like a lot of people this do. This trick, that. I've, I've been asking people if they have seen this trick. This is a hard one. I want to see this is, um, so. Kick flip, um, back nose. So so back mm-hmm. nose, nolly flip. I know it's been done. I'm I don't saying, have isn't a that a crazy yeah. combo. So those two tricks, front kick flip for me. I'm not a kick flipper. Front kick flip for me never really happened. Like if I got them, they were like what I think of as like an ugly one, where it was like I'm like I like front 180 when you like pop up yep. and you whip that fucking front 180 up in the air and you like like get up in the air and then spin it. And then come down. Same with back 180s. I had back 180s fucking. That was my thing. I like back 180s. Back 360 is my favorite looking never, trick, period. I've, I still, to this day, have never done a 360 anything. I just never. It wasn't cool to do 360s when I was a teenager, and then I never learned it. And then it became cool again. And I was like, why did I fucking Jeremy Klein is that? like the best backside 360. I think everybody knows that. Him, he's a big hero of mine when him, I was younger still to this day. Yeah, just so kidding. Good, his front, his his tail grab front uh, one foots. And ollies yeah, over the huge. pallet stacked because, up. You remember that? Yeah, back then video, street skating was simple. Like many was, pallets. Yeah. And it's like, if you all of that to this day, I would lose Still it. good, dude. Yeah. I'd rather see that and style of doing, skating. He was you don't doing see this kind of raw because there's so many boards. tricks. Yeah. 10-inch boards, dude. They were riding, like, those big H Street boards and shit back then. Like, and Jeremy went fast. Yeah. Running him, at it. Him, Markovich. I got to see Markovich. I actually met Markovich here because he's a friend of my friend Toby's. Or Tobias. Sorry, Tobias. Uh, he's only to be called Toby. Uh, so I met Tobias here. I didn't know him through skateboarding at all. Like, his career happened after I had already left skateboarding. I, when I So I got hurt all in a gap really badly. Um, it was a long gap. I was... A little, I was drunk, and I shouldn't have been skating, and I fucking fucked my knee, like, really bad. And I came from an era where, like, if you got a knee injury, you're pretty much done. Like, my friends who played sports who, like, hurt their knee, right. that was it. ACLs they they never played was, sports yeah. again. Yeah, and, like, Football. some of them had, like, fucking metal plates in their legs and all this shit. I've seen it. So when I hurt my knee, that era of knee injury was done. Like, people had figured out how to fix knees, and I didn't know that. Right. So I just assumed I was assumed done. Toes. Yeah, so and I quit skate. skating. I tried, but I never what got What year a, is this? This is 98. 98 until when did you get your next board and like skate? Uh, like they're skating. So it was a really like fuzzy thing. So around 2000 fucking 50. So 15? 2014, I opened my restaurant. So I, I, I moved to Maine in 10, 2010. Why? To start a restaurant and have a new life? Or uh, what? So like why? there's so much. To, all right. So before I blew my knee out, I went to jail for selling LSD. Really? Yeah. I never bet. thought you were a drug guy. I wasn't until I was. <laughs> so that I, I changed started, your life. I'm sure yeah. that wasn't oh, like the longest me up, stun or anything like I had that. A, I got a felony possession of LSD. That's classic case. You hear good guys. Oh, dude. I, I, yeah, I fucked myself pretty good. When I got arrested, I thought the stigma was like, if you ever get popped with acid, you're going to get a life sentence for every hit of acid. That was like the thing, you, you know, like the wives tale shit you would hear as a kid. Yeah. So I literally thought my life was over. Yeah. I got literally was frying balls in the back of a police state car going... I'm never going to see this outside world again. Oh, so you're I'm like, going to jail for the rest of my life. Your chest. I just I just fucking chilled out and was like, 
fuck it. It's over. Like, what am right. I going to do? And then they were, like, asking me all these questions. My lawyer was pissed. Because I had, like, a public defender. And he was like, why did you talk? I was like, because, dude, I thought I was going to rave for the rest of my life. And he's like, oh, fuck. So he, he was able to get my statements stricken. But what ended up happening was I had sold acid like an idiot to some kid and her friend. And they fucking lost their minds. And they'd never done it before. We are to rave. And, and I'm the idiot who gave it to him. So and everybody's I, an idiot. But I tried to talk them out of it when they came to me and I said, "Have you ever done this before? Because this shit's actually pretty strong." And they're like, "No." I was like, "Look, I don't know if this is the right place and time for you. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick. But, it's a drug." And they kept, "No, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool." And then they fucking took it. They lost their minds in the middle of a rave, and their friends set me up. Some girl came up. Fucking ravers. Dude. I was totally disassociated from what had happened. I didn't know what was going on. I had been eating acid, too, so I was tripping by this time. And this really cute girl comes up, and she's talking to me. When you got arrested, you were tripping? Yeah. That sucks. And so the girl was our friend, and she had been flirting with me, trying to keep me there while they called the cops to get the cops to come there. And I didn't put it all together until well after. And I was like, fuck. So, yeah. So you Um, went away. I did three months in the county jail. It's not that bad. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it. No, it isn't. Scale 1 to 10, how fucked up was it? It wasn't that bad. Briefly, just briefly. It wasn't okay. that bad. Uh, I honestly... Ten like, being like, you would fucking rather chop off your head. No, it was like a three. It was not that bad. It but was, this is a little diff- situational, right? Yeah, I wasn't in prison. I was right. in county jail. And county jails can be rougher than prisons. The food sucks. The um, like, the conditions are a little bit worse. But when you get to prison, you got gangs. And you have gangs in jails, but they're not as... like Develop. It's not... They're just not as... They don't have the stranglehold on the jail system that the prisons. Because when you're in prison, you're in prison for a year or more. Like, the difference, I don't know here, but in California, anything anything less than a year is in jail. Anything a year or more, you're going to prison. Okay. And prison's hardcore. That's where the fucking gangs are. That's where the dudes are, like, doing life and the shit. The movies. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, like, I got a felony, but my felony wasn't, like, um, you know, I was looking at, like, five years was what it came down to. And, and I ended up getting... Time served probation. I'm sure being white had a lot to do with that. Um, my grandfather, even though I grew up poor, my grandfather, uh, my mom's dad, uh, she was into drugs. So, like, we lived in f- shitty neighborhoods all our li- my life. And, yep. But my grandfather was always, like, a well-to-do dude. And he knew the judge. And the judge knew me when I was a little kid. I didn't recognize him. He knew me when I was a little kid. And he saw my name. And he looked at me. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, uh. And... He wasn't the judge that did all the other shit. He was like my, like, when I went to say if I was guilty or not guilty. And yep. so, like, that kind of caught me a break. Again, my privilege. I get it. I have it. Um, but I got I got out. Uh, the girl kept changing her story. So when she came out and was they were, like, preliminary stuff, the lawyers, the prosecutors were all fucked up because she wouldn't keep her story straight. And so, like, it all went out. But the problem was I confessed that I had bought it and I sold it to her. And so they had me on that. Okay. And uh, so they had you. Yeah, the fucking lawyer told me, like, dude, if you had not said that, you'd walk right now. But now you're going to get fucking felony. Which Watch and, your mouth, up, Yeah, don't fucking talk. Dude, Watch when, your fucking mouth. The, all those YouTube things that the lawyers are telling you, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up, they're right. You as sh- cliche as it looks and shit, they're actually it's right, huh? Fucking right, okay. dude. And I've told my kids this, I go, look, you know, the cops are not interested in your safety. They're interested in arrests. And, and as shitty as that sounds, it's the truth. Yeah, it's their job. Their job. But, but they signed up for the fucking job. I'm not like, no, it's yeah. their job. They're do- they no, signed no, up absolutely. for us. So they're not you. victims. Yeah, signed up for something I, else. That's what the all cops or bastards thing came from. It's like, you Thank signed you. up for this because you endorse it. You know, like you yep. you endorse the system and, and that's what you're there to support. So, yeah. There's some kind of sense in it. I, uh... <laughs> 
So, uh, so you, you got out of there, and then you got a board right away, or what? Oh, well, I already had a skateboard. I was still skating. Okay. Yeah, and then, so what ended up happening was I was staying with my grandparents, trying to get my shit together, trying to go to college, thinking I could beat this, you know, stay out of trouble. My dad had just died. He was a heroin addict. Um, I was fucking going through a lot of shit. I was a young guy. I was like 18 years old. A lot old. of trauma happening, sounds like Dude, to me. I had some fucked up shit <laughs> you know, well like, before all that. I mean, you know, everybody yeah. goes through it, but that... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I end up, I'm... Trying to get my shit together. I got a job. I was working at Starbucks of all places. Uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I drank a lot of coffee there. So this gap was at Starbucks, and I was trying to ollie over the fucking sidewalk. There was a grass gap, sidewalk to street, and I fucking missed. And I split. My left knee blew out. And it popped so loud that it sounded like I broke my leg. And the guys I was with thought I broke my leg because the way my leg was poking out when it was done. Um, but as they were putting me back in someone's truck to take me to the hospital, my leg snapped, and it, wow. like, popped back in place. And all the pain... Like kind of went away until I tried to stand up, and my friends were like, "Don't fucking stand up! No, I'll be fine. I'll be fine." Boom! I fell down. I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Well, I don't need to go to the hospital," so I went home. And then I didn't get it taken care of right away. I walked on crutches and shit on my own. Um, and then about four or five years later, I finally got it fixed. Like, I I tried to skate. My cousin's a surfer, and we moved into Monterey. Um, yep. Down in Monterey, and I was living down there going to school. And I tried to skate again, and I blew my knee out again. Not as viciously this time. I just did a pop shove it, and I missed the front foot. You can't get hurt on anything. You know, you, Fuck, I've got hurt on a pop shove. Ne- not, never super bad, but you can't get hurt on pop shove. Dude, I'm scared of them now because that happened. Like, I do them, and I can click them pretty high, but I freak out sometimes when I miss the catch, and I'll fucking jump out, and like it's like a stupid auto response. And I, I should, like them. Yeah. The big ones look sick. I love that trick. That was one of my favorite tricks, dude. I just So I guess I'm curious. Like, So yeah. you came to Maine for what reason? To <laughs> okay. start your business? No. I came here to get a job as a teacher really? because you I couldn't teach. get a job as a teacher in California because of the felony, even though I got it erased from what my were you record. What were going to teach? English. Okay. I went to school for English. High and school I, or what? That was my plan. Yeah. And then I got here and I was working in schools and I was working with elementary school kids at like Riverton and Reiki and East End. And I was, and one of the vice principals at Riverton wanted me to take a job there. And I tried to switch things up and get a degree for, or a teacher certificate for elementary school kids. Um, and then I got really bummed on like the politics like the bureaucracy in the schools and in doing all that i opened a food cart because my wife's mexican um chicano which is really i didn't know that so you had a mexican restaurant right because i don't don't know much about i love mexican food yeah family recipes dude like for the most part you still had it i'll just say this we because i would love to try it i wish i knew you we love to super bummed because i love max it's my favorite Next time we hang out, vegan I, Mexican food is pretty yeah. easy to do, dude. So most of me, the food that we make outside of the meats is vegan, like or at least vegetarian. I don't beans, mean vegetarian, but you know what I mean. Beans I make are vegetarian. It's bean salt water. Uh, rice is veg- vegan. It's just rice, tomato, onions, garlic, cumin, um, and water, uh, salt. But that's it. There's like real simple recipes. So, but I learned all that shit from her mom. Um, her mom, like I'm the only white dude in the family. You were the cook. cook? Yeah. She, she cooked too, your wife, yeah. and at the restaurant? Actually, it was you too? She's actually a better cook than me. Yeah. She, yeah I, I, I'm I pretty competitive, and she is too, and I it pains me sometimes to say it. Like right now, today, she made sourdough bread. I tried to make sourdough. I tried to bake just as a hobby, and I fucking cannot do sourdough bread to save my life. She makes loaves that look like they came from scratch. Like Delicious sourdough. Yeah, she's so good at it. And she's only been doing it for like a month. And I'm just like, dude, she just has a knack, like a natural thing for um, her name's Melissa Rose Bankhead, and she's a lovely person. She sounds lovely. <laughs> I love her. Uh, so we came here because I was really struggling, like, fucking mentally, man. I just, 
when I stopped skating, like I got really angry, like, and I didn't understand why. And I'm bringing this up because recently, so I got a board from Corey at Recession. Corey, some people call him Gus. He and Phil opened Recession. They bought the Ride 209. They moved it downtown, I guess, and they had this shop. I got a board from Corey. It was a, it was like a, a shaped um, eight and a half inch wide board. It had like a big shovel nose, and I was like, I need a big board because I'm a big dude. I was like 300 pounds. Okay. Um, I think I had, Indi- I think I got Indies because Corey didn't have trucks and wheels. So I went to fucking um, Coast City and I got Indies and I got OJs. And I put it on there, and I was just like, whatever. And I would just ride around. I wasn't. I couldn't even ollie. I couldn't do shit. Fucking, you know, none of it was there. It used to be reflexes. I used to be able to just do shit. Kickflips didn't have to think about it. I could just kickflip up something, no problem. Really? Yeah. And lucky, dude. I can't. I haven't. I've landed two in four years. Right. Like I can't do it anymore. I'm trying. I ain't got a heel flip either. Be, that used to be my trick. I don't have it at all anymore. Dude, I'm I can't ollies. I just can't ollie up a curb anymore. Like I have to th- think about it, and then I freak out because I'm like, oh, why am I thinking about this? It's like not a reflex. Some days it yeah. is. Some days I'm just firing and it like don't have to think. But most days it's a struggle, dude. It's just like not there. And so it, did it kills you start me. your board brand when you moved? What, moved oh, okay. To Maine? So here's what happened. Because I'm wondering like <laughs> no, where good. it started. All right. Uh, so okay. So the restaurant happened. I met a bunch of skate kids. Mike Lynch and all these dudes. Met um, Adam Coral. All these guys through the restaurant. Skaters. Right. The story that Chris was telling about about Coral. Uh, quitting his job to go skate with Fred Gall, he fucking worked for me. I was the guy he called. He was my dishwasher, <laughs> and That's uh, funny. I know <laughs> it is. And I, I could because okay, I had grown up around skateboarders, and I got to skate with pros and shit as a kid. I just by default, I just was in the mecca of skateboarding. I lived in Sacramento for a while. I got to skate with Brian Anderson, Judd Herzler, Matt uh, Rodriguez. He dated my friend Carrie. I met him through her. I met a lot of those dudes through through her. Um, so I got to meet a lot of pros. We would go up to SAC and meet people through the skate park, like Mike Rafter and all these guys. That um, I'm still, you know, friendly with Mike Rafter. I talked to him quite a bit. And Eric Condale, I talked to him quite a bit online. You know, like just hey man, that's rad. You know, the, not like we're like sending Christmas cards or anything. Of course, just just casual shit. Um, that dude Casey I was talking about, he's the team manager for Doomsayers now, and he was on Consolidated for a while. Like that's how good that dude was, and like how down for skateboarding he was. And I got to skate with that dude when I was a kid. My friend Ryan. He got sponsored by, like, Volcom and Vans. He was on fucking uh, the Warp Tour for a while. Um, Ryan Carpenter, that dude fucking rips. He's he's a little fucked now. His ankles are bad. I just went and seen him in March. And um, we skated, but he can only skate for, like, an hour because it's, like, his feet are so bad. And right. There's nothing they can do for him. But I got to skate with these dudes. So I I take it for granted. So when someone calls me, oh, Fred, I'm like, so, so fucking what, man? Like, you know, you're going to see him again, dude. It's not like he's going to fucking die. Give me a break, dude. And uh-huh. I come to work. And he's like, no. Come to find out, like, Fred Gall's probably never been to Maine since. Like, he probably came once and has never been right. back. And I didn't have that scope. And Fred's I was, a legend. He is. One of my all-time faves. Oh, dude, he's great. And I saw him in Philly this summer, last summer. Um, he came out for that uh, rip ride. I went to that. Sick. And uh, I kind of I asked him, hey, do you remember skating with some kid in fucking Portland, Maine that had to quit his job? He's like, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was the dude he's working for, bro. Sick. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> Brought it up. And he remembered. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, I love Coral, dude. And and matter of fact, the 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 for me Such the punchline of the story is that yes, I fired him because he fucking didn't show up for his shift. A week later, he came in like, man, I'm real sorry, I know. And my wife looks at me, and goes, "You better fucking hire him back." And I was like, "All right, come on, dude, go get your shit, come to work." He's I'll, such yeah. a great, great energy and such a good fucking skateboarder. He's a wonderful human being. I love you, Coral. If you're out there and listening to this, I don't know no if he listens, feelings. but if he does, he, I knows. think he does. I have a lot of respect for him. Dude, he's such a good kid, and he, 
my kids who are now like teenagers and skating remember him and how nice he was to them. And like, you know, he never had any pretense. I never mm-hmm. would have known how good of a skateboarder he was if I hadn't gone out of the park with him. Cause he and I would talk and I would talk skate stories with him and shit. And it was part of what helped me get back into skating between him. Really? Just a nice energy, right? Yeah. Just like, just stoking me on thinking about it again. And then like, I had some buddies, this guy, John, who moved back from Colorado. Um, and we had stayed in touch. Like I met him through my restaurant. My, before there was a restaurant, we had a little cart. And, um, so I met him through the cart, and then he introduced me to my buddy Scott, who I'm like best friends with now, and who actually I run dirt with. Um, really? Also, if you want to throw a dirt sticker on my oh, ta- dude, these table, are all these are for feel you. Feel free. P- p- pick out what sticker you'd like on the uh, on, on the I table. I want you. Actually, I'm gonna take a piss. Okay, yeah, yeah go ahead, dude. I'll, p- I'll p- talk p- your fucking. Pick, pick out all right. <laughs> Am I gonna go on like the Mike V fucking five hour record here? Or Holy what? fuck! No, I mean, but I, we, we We're can wrap close. it up in a little bit here. Okay, all right. I'll tell you, that wasn't even a coffee piss. That was straight. When I woke up today, I had a, I never have gnarly yellow yellow pee, like and I actually did because I went to bed super dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, "Fuck, dude, like that bum bum me out, kind of, because it was like a lot of neoni." But that piss was like a very hard, clear piss, and it didn't reek of coffee. Sometimes when I'm podcasting, yeah. it will just smell like black coffee when dude, I piss. If, if you're first, a coffee drinker, my you know. first piss after coffee is like I might as well get a cup out because it's fucking also, coming. Also, coffee out. doesn't make me shit. Is that no. weird? I don't. Probably maybe depends. it does, and I don't realize. It. Maybe I it depends like once on when you eat. Too. Normal, normal, not diarrhea. People yeah. are like, I can't believe you drink so much no, coffee. I don't don't I, you shit? It's like, yeah, I have a sip of coffee and I'm shitting. I don't. So that was a good piss. Did I don't diarrhea shit. I didn't put one on. I, I was gonna say, do the fucking um, the devil in the chair. We call that one Hell Waits, like a play on. Hell Waits. Yeah. Who did the art on this one? This, my this son. dirt skateboard. Hell yeah. Hell Waits. Your yeah. son did. My son, who Moses, who's a skateboarder. He's a, he's not that stoked on that anymore because he drew it when he was it's like twelve. Yeah. yeah, but he's like fifteen now, and he does he does like stylier stuff. But I'm stoked on that, dude. Like, I, I'm so proud of him. Like, no, that's rad. I like the recliner. Yeah, dude. It. He gave me a piece of paper, with that and like four others on just like like the corners and one in the middle. And we didn't use the other ones. There was a couple in there that I wanted. Like, appreciate hey, this. This whole pile's for. That's for all me. for you, dude. Oh, yeah. There's some. That. There's some patches in there too. Tell, tell me about. I'm a patch guy. Actually, okay. So let t- let, t- let t- me t- give t- you the. Tell inc- me about this graphic too, just real yeah, quick. Yeah. That's that's um. We call that one Rise. So this dude Raymond, who I met in Augusta. He's from L.A. area. I don't know exactly where. And he grew up at Tory Pudwell. Um, I don't know how close they are, but he That's did. A cool graphic of a skull coming out of the ground with a, what is it, Haunted Mansion in the back? Or is yeah. that Hogwarts? I can't tell. It's a Haunted Mansion. Yeah. I don't know. He did it. <laughs> he I, gave, I gave him a list of, like, um, buzzwords to use, you know, and I was like skulls, wizards, blood. Oh, that, that's that's I like I like. Yeah, and so he same did, guy or what? Yeah, yeah. Ray, Raymond Warfield. Dude. What do you he call this. this one? Fist. That's kind of looks like my. I that's Reach. I used it today. Reach. He, yeah, he he dubbed them. I just uh, I just ran with what he called them. But that's Reach. Can't and this that one's one. this one's called Rise Up. Rise Up. Yeah, and I brought. I want you to pick one. I brought two shape boards. I want you to pick. Oh one really? What are your dude. dimensions here? Uh, I believe these are eight seven five. Are they the same shape? Yeah. So pick one, dude. And let me know. It's basically the graphic is the. the I'll take dip. this one. All right, to you, dude. Yeah, it's the same exact shape. Huh? Same exact what shape. What do you got for a wheelbase on this? Wow, I really appreciate these, that, man. Thank you. I want to say these are fourteen. Five. Fuck, I have to look it up. These are fourteen oh. five or fifteen. They're a longer wheelbase than yeah. the rest of our boards. No, I, I'm actually in, trying our, to set up a smaller board, so this will probably be my my new. I've ride. been listening to you saying I'm, you're I'm doing the ten thirty twos. I got a bunch of boards, and I want like a main. This is like kind of a more of a main rider size yeah. for me. So green or gray, dude. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. 
Damn. Take one. Green or gray? I'll probably go with gray. All right. Probably go with gray. So the tag on that, my buddy Dell. And that says dirt. I see it. Yeah, my buddy Dell, who's one of the dudes I grew up skating with. Um, Amazing. Still, I won't, I won't bring up who what he writes because I don't want to get him in any trouble. Absolutely. But no. he's still an active graffiti artist, and he's okay. So, at one of those demos, we were skating. He switch heel flips over a table like this, but flipped up like those church wood tables. Switch heel flips over it, right? Fucking Ron Allen sitting right there. And this was um, fun skateboard. So the summer before, we were at Embarcadero. So Justin Herman Plaza is what everyone calls Embarcadero, but that's like the brick plaza with the fucking sea ledge and the cons gap and shit. Yeah. We would cut school and go skate down there and go skate Wallenberg and shit. And uh, so we're there one summer day in the late afternoon, and Ron Allen shows up with fucking Keith Hupnagel, Keenan Milton, the whole fun squad, all New York dudes. They brought him out from New York, and they're all rocking fun shirts. Fun never really took off. I don't know what happened, but yep. it was a sick squad. And it was like, and, and Keenan comes up to us and is like, hey, man, you guys skating? We're like, yeah, cool. Can we skate with you? I was like, fuck yeah, you can. We had no idea what they were, but they were ripping, you know? Um, I don't remember what other New York dudes. There was like three or four other New York dudes, but I remember Keith and Keenan. And um, unfortunately, both guys have passed since, but um, we fucking hung out with them. They gave us shirts, and it was rad. And then the next summer, late fall, it was like summer of 94, um, Ron sees my friend Dell switch heel flip over the table and he's like he comes up what's that kid's name oh his name's Delvin over like the small tables but so, I'm, I'm not discrediting like, but take, you, you know the, the little tables in the no so so like you know like if you go to like the church they have like the folding tables but they're wood yep, yep. and they have like a big fucking One heavy propped up we had it propped up and we were doing we were I could ollie over it that was about as far as we could go Sick. he switched heel flipping over it and um and he sticks it fucking cl- – I mean, Dell had popped, dude, so he fucking catches it, like, foot over the table and, like, just kid out hops. And uh, he comes up and he's like, yeah, man, what, you know, who's he skate for? And I was like, nobody. You know, he wrote for our local shop. But, you know, he didn't have a sponsor. And he's like, tell him to come talk to me. And I'm like, dude, Dell's going to get on fucking fun, dude. It's yeah. Like, you know, and he didn't, he didn't want to do it. He was like, nah, he didn't feel comfortable. And I was like, dude, if anyone had ever come up to me like that, I would have fucking Game. jumped on it. Because the way I saw it – is and this is kind of what the catalyst for dirt was for me is like i saw people who went to that maybe you weren't as good as the dudes on the squad but when you got in the van you got better because you were now skating with dudes at a higher level and i was a dudes back then mostly skateboarders were guys so i apologize if anyone's listening to a woman but because i think there's some sick female skaters it was a little different until recently there wasn't a lot of not a lot of female skaters and we weren't very nice to the ones that were um Back then, uh, there was a girl from our area who skated, and I wasn't very nice to her. But, you know, bygones be bygones. People um, change. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm definitely better about that. I definitely try to encourage female skaters. Encourage I see, everybody. Like, I, like little people and stuff are always seen as a novelty oh, when they dude, no way. Poncho from Think. That's who I was going to say. Poncho fucking rips, Rest, dude. Is he? Is he? He's still alive. No, he's still, he does comedy. He does, know, he, he's a comedian now. He was also in a porno. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of his comedy routine. Is him it? talking about pornos. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he does. Dude, look that's up, like dude. my favorite skater, honestly. Yeah. He ripped. Was he dude. world? No. He was think. Think. He was on think. He was that an SF. Think video, dude. That's some grimy skating. Yeah. yeah. He Love would, that video. He would part. be around SF. We'd see him around. Um, I never I saw did. Wee Man skate, but my friend Travis rips. Dude, he still rips. He's good. Uh, my friend Travis grew up with him. Uh, he has his own thing going I'm right now. I buy a lot of Dogtown products I've these heard. days. Yeah, yeah. I'm like hooked That's, on it's it. It's sick. Those, that, I'm on a longboard right now. Those dudes and um, SMA. SMA's making shit again. I want to get some of their stuff. because SMA's sick. sick. Yeah. And that's high quality stuff. Like I bet when you hold it, it feels like... You know how some of those expensive boards feel? Yeah. I bet that's one of them. Um, 
Oh, so, so, so I, yeah. I brought you two the, shirts. The, the too. shirts, yeah. yeah. So that's all I had in large. Cool. Yeah. I'll take. Uh, I'll get. You get them I'll, both. I'll get, really? Those are both yours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I brought you one excellent. of each. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I was just gonna go with the matching. I, sometimes I've, I've gotten the shirt that matches the board occasionally. Yeah. Okay. You know. So why why did you do the the, the dirt the dirt skateboards? So, all right. Here's what happened. So I got back into skating through my friend John. Hang out with Scott. We become buddies. We're going out. Those are the dudes I was with when I got my fucking OUI. Um, Oof. So. Uh, I had this moment, we were at Bath, there's a bunch of us skating, and it was the first time I had that feeling this, of that stoke of just being with your boys and skating. Yep. And it hit me like a fucking kick in the dick. It was just like, oh, this is why I've been so unhappy, because I'm not doing this anymore. And so I just like, fuck it, let's do this as much as I can. And then I quit drinking, and I was like skating all the time, losing weight, working out, um, really just trying to get in shape to skate. And I'm still doing that, like just trying to get in shape <clears throat> to skate. So... In all this, there's a friend of ours. I met Aaron that, at that session I'm talking about. It was it, yep. We were all skating the mini ramp. Great friend and supporter of the Moron Voice Audio Show. Aaron's a wonderful person um, and a great artist. All right, so 2020. So here's what happened. Our friend Abe started a company called New City Limited. If you were anywhere oh, near brown? around. Yeah. I thought it was black. That's cool. No, chocolate brown, buddy. Ooh, um, if you, you know were, what and, brown looks good with khakis. I, I love brown, dude. I, you're a Ben Davis guy, but I've seen, seen you in Ben Davis. That, I'm that rocking them be. right now, dude. Are you? Yeah, these are great Ben's. I'm going to... I almost... If I'm not at work, I'm exclusively rocking Ben's. Unless I'm out on a date with my wife and I have to wear slacks. There's nothing but vibe like Ben, ben Davis. Dude, no I can usually... Like a pair of Ben's. They're the most comfortable pants. Once you wear them for a while and break them in, they're like the most comfortable the pants. The shirts, too. The, at first, the shirts rip up my nipples because yeah, they got they're sensitive rough, nipples. Dude. They're like if canvas. I, if, if I put that shirt on, my nipples are so sensitive, they'll... It yeah. will shred. So the Ben Davis ones. I'm finally going to the seltzer. That, that's because you're a San Fran guy, right? Ben Davis. Yeah, and and also growing up, that was like, dude, I only saw it in pictures. I didn't of, know. Um, I was tripping that they weren't out here. I thought everybody had Ben Davis. I didn't realize it was such a regional thing. Exclusive, we, dude. Carhartt. I never heard of Carhartt until I moved out here. Right. I didn't realize it was such a big fucking right. deal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You. Dickies and, and it, Ben's. That's all we rocked. And Dickies was always here because it was the affordable option, yeah. right? Like for, the, for that kind it's of. It's like the half price of Ben Davis back then. They were like twenty bucks for Dickies and forty bucks for Ben's. And back then, forty bucks was a lot of money. Yeah. But Ben's the quality is different. These pants are like ten years old, dude. I've been are rocking the, them. For are, like, are those OGs or what? Uh, the, yeah, these are from. I bought them when I went to Modesto. I went up back home like in 2014 to go visit, and I there was a place I, I I tried to get a pair for Joe who owns Sal's. I went back in March to California, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go to this place. I always get my Benz. I'll get you a pair, Joe. And I went there, and the place fucking had blown up. They had a fire, and the building literally blew up. And I didn't know about it until I showed up. I'm like, where the fuck is my spot? Yeah. And I didn't know where to go. I didn't. Know, I didn't know. I couldn't buy Ben Davis because I didn't know where else to go. I've been going to this one army surplus place for fucking 25 years to get my Ben Davis. That's what's crazy gone. is like Ben Davis are like the like readily available like how Carhartt are. You know how yeah. Rennies or yeah, these exactly. little stores. That's exactly. That's what, what it is, is yeah. there. They used to sell them at Orchard Hard Orchard Supply Hardware. You could go into the hardware store and there'd be Ben Davis pants. On I've the seen, I've show. seen the pictures and I've yeah. seen seen models with like fake saws for old school Ben Davis. Yeah. You go on their website, there's some cool shit. I do, geek out about you know, that. Do you know the, the history his, of Ben's? You, and you're a Levi's guy. You know what the history of Ben Davis is? Designed by Levi, well, right? He, ben Davis was a dude that worked for Levi's and he was not happy with the way things were going and he went and did his own thing. So they're both born in San Francisco. Um, I don't know much more beyond that. I don't know. I don't even know if it's actually the guy's name is Ben Davis, but whoever the dude was that founded Ben Davis was originally a Levi, a yeah. Levi dude, like like one of the founding people at Levi's. The guy I want to say the, the Levi five hundred and one, the original with the 
buttons up here for suspenders. Yeah. That design the was rivets. made by the same guy who made the original yeah. OG Ben Davis car. Yeah, the rivets and the buttons are, and everything like about Ben's are like harken back to the original Levi's. You, you can still get the the buttons to add to your Ben Davis on the website, I see. That's sick. So if you want the suspender, that's yeah. that's a little too old school for me, that is but an OG I, move, I, I like dude. the style. Yeah. That's the thing. It's so OG. Yeah. What about Greenspans? Have you ever gotten to shop there? I do not know about Greenspans. Oh, it's what is um, this? a California store, man. I mean, this come. I've never been to California. I'm just a fan of go. the culture. But this is a um, original clothing store, to say the least. Pendletons and Ben Davis and like a, they There's did a, a lot of clothes for like. Any gang South Central movie, yeah, Boys yeah. in the Hood, all but uh, a famous clothing store. There's these jackets that the Cholo dudes would wear when I was a kid, and they were like these black. I think they're called Derby is the name of the. So when you open them up, they're like this quilted inside. Yeah, I like know a, that fucking look. Like a short waisted black jacket, and the dudes would take them into like a place and get iron on in Old English their last name. So like you know like Munoz or like Cortez yep. on the back of the fucking jacket. It looks so fresh. I love Cholo styles. Me too. That's my uh, when I first d- were picking out my own clothes. Yeah. It was like the the more Dickies. You know the, the crossover of the punks. All right. No, then time. I saw the, yeah, the suicidal the tendencies. Cholo. And Do you the know fucking... the name of this photographer? And he took all the pictures of the Cholos in like the nineties. This famous these pictures are incredible. I hope I remember to send them to you. I wish I could think of this guy's name. These he went and lived with a gang and yeah. took pictures of them. And they're like these the Ben Davis. The, yeah. And the, the, the ladies wear the Ben the Davis. Creases. You know that look oh, and, yeah, and yeah, the tube yeah. tops. Like yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. the real dude, deal. My we have family. And this is like a white dude from New York who did it. But it's a Was it Friedman? Glenn Friedman? No? No, okay. no, definitely not Glenn. This, All right. This is like almost this guy's first claim to fame. He's done yeah. things since, but I know uh, that there's that dude was seeing those pictures. Whatever, I just like, lo- love that fashion. Yeah. Wearing uh, the Benz high, but they're still massive. My cousin, my, my wife's cousin Glenn, is in a lowrider car club. He has a '68. Fuck, what is it? A uh, uh, no '78. Sorry, I think it's an Impala. They call them glass houses, wrap around glass, big fat wide end fucking. He's got um, it's a beautiful car. He's got fucking uh, hydraulics on it and shit. And I, I hit him up because there's some dudes in the car club that have some sick cars. So like that Casey I was talking about earlier. My cousin Glenn, I want to get pictures of their cars, and when we do another series of um, of big boards, I want to call Sick. them lead sleds and have all these lowrider cars on them. Like each board has a different lowrider car for each shape. You should do you know? a big old boat car for the shape. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. so I, I, I want to do like a like a side angle shot of the car and put them on there. That's, that's, that's for the culture right there. It's coming, dude. You know what I mean? It's com- I, it's, it's not going to resonate here like it will back in California, but I don't care. Fuck it. Let's do it. There's fans so, of that. You know, I, 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 when I yeah. see stuff like that, I recognize. I love that. I mean, I don't know that culture firsthand at all. I'm super fucking ignorant white dude, but I mean, I've always loved the Cholo culture sick, and dude. stuff. Yeah. And most of it's most. Ben of Davis is a part of that. Yeah, oh, big time, dude. But it's also part of skateboarding, too. Like a lot because of like, those videos when I was a kid, I thought they were like Dickies. But they, the older videos that I was yeah. catching up on, but a lot of those dudes were repping Ben Dude, Davis pants too. Look back at the old Especially 90s. From your area, yeah. all those skaters. Look at the old, old 90s videos and a lot of the the champs, like the early Powell, you know, like uh, uh, not Gino, but fucking what's his name? Uh, oh, guy. So Rudy Johnson. Um, who else? I'm gonna brain fart. But those dudes, most of them were Mexican kids from Mexican neighborhoods. Who lived and like if you hear guy talk now, he'll be like, yeah, he'd have to go into a neighborhood with like a Rudy Johnson or someone to get into like a Lockwood because those were in gang neighborhoods. Like you, you didn't just show up at those neighborhoods to skate. You had to get, go with someone. You had to get a pass, basically. You know, like I didn't go to L.A. and shit that yeah, much. Yeah, you, you never had, had anything. Like no, that. but there we had areas Stockton's like that too. You know, you don't go to certain neighborhoods if you don't know someone or if you're not with someone. You know, you can get jumped, dude. Um, I got in a lot of like 
situations in the East Bay and stuff where you just I would just be walking to work and like five dangerous dudes, five dudes just walk out of the house like what the fuck are you doing here dude you know and you either run hope you're really fast and or you know hope you can hit them harder than they hit you you know like you don't have much say it's like you got one of a couple of options so um yeah there's a lot of that growing up um it's, it's not all like that as much as it used to be but um there's still some spots that are pretty rough um but all right circling back dude dirt sorry i no, the ben I, davis I, somehow it's all I'm right a sucker for ben davis I, I think i just talked about ben davis the other day I'm with my some friends today. very easily distracted all right so this guy abe was doing this thing called new city limited it started as a bolt thing he started doing boards bolts bolts he started as hardware did new city had boards we got involved scotty was helping him with like doing a team like taking care of who's so ruck was riding for him zach jenner was riding for him um this kid brandon we were getting him on the team and i wanted to help i'm, I'm pretty good at sales and I wanted to help him, like, market this shit and get it out. And just out of nowhere, he just abruptly just quit. And just one day, he just didn't answer his text. He canceled all of his fucking Instagrams. And we're like, what's going on? And I don't know what happened. And I haven't seen him since. Oof. Uh, no, I take it back. I saw him once at Lewiston, um, at the Lewiston Park. But I met him and got to know him with Aaron. We drove down. We went to um, skate. Um, the the bowl in Orchard, the old Orchard. We went to the, la- we were the last... Saturday session that was available before COVID. I loved that bowl and I loved the echo. Oh, it was so much fun. And I sucked. I, I was like nervous about dropping in on this thing at that time because I just hadn't been skating in so long. And uh, so we skated that. We had a blast. We went to Hyde Park, which had just been built. Some This guy, cool, Shonzo, Shonzo uh, hit us up through Abe, their friends, and he's yep. like, yeah, come skate Hyde Park. So we went and skated Hyde Park. Um, that had just opened not long before then. Um, and then – we went home, and in that trip, I was broing down with Abe, just talking, having reminiscing about shit. And then, like I said, he just dropped off face of the earth. So I called Scott, and I was like, Scott, why don't we just do our own thing? Yep. And he's like, well, I don't know. I love my friend Scott. He's my best friend, but he's kind of a negative Nancy. When you when you tell him to do something, he's he'll tell you every reason why we shouldn't do it. And so I just kind of like metaphysically or uh, metaphorically grabbed him and drug him into it. I'm going to do this thing, and you're going to help me. So I started throwing names at him, and originally we were going to call it Purity because one of the boards we did, or not I didn't do, but one of the boards Abe did was a, a picture of this tile mosaic. Scotty used to own a shop in Lewiston. It was called DIY at one point, and it was called Twin Cities at another point. No Twin City. Yeah, so he was one of the owners of that. I don't, at one point he owned, when it was a smaller shop, it was just him. When it was a bigger shop, it was him and a friend. Um, so he helped get the Lewiston Park built. He was very, very... A uh, big piece of like all the meetings and shit that happened with that, and he's been a big part of Lewis and skate history. Like maybe some of the younger guys don't know as much about him, but the guys at like your age and, and a little bit younger know who Scotty is. And Scotty lived in SF and Sac. We knew a lot of the same people. We didn't interact with each other. We didn't come across each other, but we ran in the same circles. Uh-huh. So when we met here, we're like, oh, you know, fucking this guy, you know that guy. Like, oh yeah. So we broke down, and so we've been like best friends for like the last four years, three years. Um, and uh so i came to him i was like all right purity won't work because there's a company in south america that already has that name but we have this mosaic picture of this fucking rad logo i'll show it to you um we're probably gonna run a board with it at some point purity wasn't available so i said what about what if we called it dirt like dirty lou because you're, you're a lewiston local and Corey, who was um part of the recession was going to come in on this with us originally and that's d-e-r-t by we, the way. we so i said what if we tweak it instead of d-i-r-t we spell it differently and i said what about d-e-r-t and he's like fuck yeah let's do kind it kind of like corn yep Ye-ye. exactly yeah you feel me i i 100 percent. so that's how that came to pass so then we started doing fucking graphics one of the first graphics i did was i i sketched out i always loved in um 
the blind video when Jason Lee jumps out the fucking Cadillac and he's yep. yelling at the yep. protesters, no war for heavy metal. I thought that was hilarious. So it I, is hilarious. So I fucking love Jason Lee. I'll show you. I drew, I hand drew. That was one of the first shirts we made. I just had them printed up somewhere. It was just me, my terrible art. I just sketched it out and not everybody got it, but we just did dirt in like Cooper black on the bottom of that. And then the, um, the devil in the chair, we call that one hell waits. And then, um, Corey, did the original skull logo that we did the, the, yep. this one raymond redid it i know sorry this is the original one the patch yep. so that's the one that Corey did and then my friend raymond who did the rise and the reach he redid that for us he tweaked it a little bit um so if you see like i didn't bring a hat but the the patch on the hats and stuff we did um the newer ones are different um but yeah my my idea was like we'll just fuck with as many local artists as we can can um we've got boards coming out that gunner uh from here in portland did uh, I've got the dude that um, does the the Rad Wraith comic with um, Tristan at Co City. Um, he's doing a, a series of graphics for us. He's actually from Philly. He's not a local, but I met him through Tristan, and I was like, "Dude, would you?" And he does like rad old school skate art and shit. So we don't really have like a uh, we don't have like an art theme yet. You know, we kind of stick with like the skulls and cool shit. I think it looks rad. I, that heart oh, comes back to my childhood. That's a vibe a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, but it's not like consistent in terms of like, we don't have one artist doing all the art. You know what I mean? Like every every run we do is going to look a little bit different because we're just fucking with whoever will do an, a graphic for us. Yeah. Um, but the, the thing for me was more like, I want to give people an opportunity because like I had a chance, I had a friend who got a job working at a skateboard company called SOP and um, – so that's ATM Click, and at the time it was Arsenal. Um, later came Acid Wheels and Permanent Vacation. Yep. And I think they've done it some other brands. The guy that runs that's a pretty rad dude. He's hooked up a lot of people. A lot of pros from California got their start with that guy, um, putting them on one one another company. And so I got on a shop flow program called the B Team, which meant I had to pay for my boards and pay for my wheels and shit. But um, I got it at a rad discount. and. And it fucking stoked me, and it made me skate harder and skate better. Right. Until I didn't. I, I also was kind of a cocky little shit about it. And like, yeah, I got the hook up, you know, whatever. And I ruined it for myself by running my mouth. Um, but I learned. You know, it was a life lesson, and I wish I'd shut the fuck up and just took in what I got. So you're trying to, like, hook people up to help them out? Is he hooked me up to help me. Okay. He, he, yeah. So I kind of, like, thought about, like, how can I return the favor? And I thought, okay, well, like, there's a, there's a lot of really good skateboarding in Maine. And I didn't think. just Maine? Uh, right now, yeah, but that's not like we're like we're not holding Nothing wrong us. With that. No, no, yeah, no. I think you know somebody who lives somewhere else. You send them boards, and then right, they're, they're, right. They're, if you know, we see... wrap it, right? that's all it's about. Wrapping it. Yeah, and yeah. I've actually one of the dudes who's been coming up here to um, build parks. This kid, um, Brandon Yarbin, they call him Yarb. He fucking rips, and he's like, "I want to skate for dirt," and I was like, "All right, I got to figure out the logistics of that because it's expensive to ship boards right now." Yeah, it's so like, and where am I going to send him to? Because he like lives in Mexico and he like comes to the states to work. And, and a lot of people already have their local area hookup. Right, nowadays. right. Do you find that because there's, there's a lot of independent skateboard brands or yeah. like independent? Do you find it harder to carve out a niche because there's even though we're talking about small scale skateboard, I don't even want to call it a market. Obviously, people don't buy boards, board after board, the same brand that often. But um, being an independent skateboard brand, do you find it difficult to get the boards into people's hands? Yes, that is I hard. guess this is my that's general question because yeah. that's it's, how it is with independent local music. Yeah, the podcast. I mean, so, so and there's like a couple people, more than a couple, but I I can't even think of any right now. Everybody does it, right? So yes. All right. So here's the here are some of the logistical problems. One is. 
because Scotty owned a shop, we have really tried to support skate shops. So our first goal is to try to get our boards into shops because if a shop can sell our boards, the shop makes money and that keeps the shop alive. That's important to us because I'm not making money on dirt. This stuff's really expensive too because you're not doing astronomical numbers when no. it starts to even but out. But like every time an artist draws a graphic for us, they get paid. Right. Every time I order boards, whether we get them or not, they get paid. I've gotten burned by people who've taken my, like oh, thousands sure of dollars and yeah, don't send us the boards. The yeah. So we've gotten fucked. Um, the shirts, you know, I gave a lot of stuff away um, just to get our name out there. So I'm not doing this. Like, I, I think there's people out there who think like I'm sitting on like I'm making all this money and I'm hoarding. Like, dude, I have not made any money on dirt. It's I, all been a passion. Oh, I, I, I believe it. Yeah, I know I, you. I, I, I'm I sure you understand. Who does anything like this that makes that much. You're lucky if you do. I mean, it's hard to support people, but dude, at least give them a fucking I, thumbs up. Because you know, it's like you're you're doing this. Not to like try to be like a fucking giant's brand or anything. It's like to help people skate. This is what we do. I would go to Lisbon Falls or Lisbon and rent vans, and we'd pile fifteen kids into a fifteen passenger van, hook up a fucking trailer, throw all the shit in the back, and we go on skate trips. And we went to Willimantic, we went to Nashua, we, we and literally would go camp anywhere near the park that we can get away with. And I would bring food, feed everybody, buy drinks. Just come skate, and we would film, and then put out edits. Unfortunately, I'm 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 so sentimental about the footage. I would put everything in there instead of trimming down just the quality clips. So you get these like 45 minute fucking videos for me that I I've started passing it off to other people. Um, but yeah, the thing was like supporting, like not just like I wanted to help kids who I see potential in, like that I think are maybe they are not even like as good as I think they might be right now. But I see that they're getting there, right? And so I'm willing to take a chance on a kid and throw them in the van as long as they go skate. Fire them up. Yeah, come out and skate. And if, if they show up and they don't skate, then they're probably not going to be on the squad. And, and then you maybe helped them out anyways and you gave them a deck if they needed yeah. a deck, right? Yeah. An example, like, and I'm not saying this to, like, toot my own horn, but, like, we just took Noah and Owen from um, from Old Orchard. They're, they're like, buddies of kind of mine. Yeah. I, I and and I them get older. They were, like, little kid. Little Rippers. kid, and now yeah. he's like a um, young I, man. I didn't know young Owen man. as well. I met Noah first. And Good skaters. See them at Logic, and I got to know them both. And I said, "Hey, Noah, you know, we, we were looking at Noah first. You know, hey, would you like to come with us? We took him to Boston, and I don't know if they've ever skated Boston before, but we took him to parks and shit, and we went and skated the streets. And those kids fucking went off, dude. The, if you look at the footage of that Boston trip that we put on YouTube, they own that video. They they had more clips than anyone else because they just went fucking hard. They're fired up. Yeah, they were stoked. And That's I, from OOB Park changed people's lives. Dude, I, and I just want to see kids get out. You know, like, I love how Andy and them joke around about being stuck in the park. But, like, there's a kid named Jake who skates Lewiston. He's a local. And he fucking rips. He's, like, 15. He's old as my son. He's a sweetheart of a kid. He fucking rips. His Instagram is Beastie Jake if you follow him. He's, I know. You know him. Okay, good. Uh, taking him on trips <laughs> with us. I fucking want to see that kid get out of Lewiston and get experienced and see Philadelphia, New York. You know what I mean? I'm not just harping on Jake, but he's he's like the archetype of the kid that I'm talking about. And that's what I want. Like I've tried the people that I know that are that are crushing like I reach out. I'm not I'm not well connected in the skateboard industry. I know a few people, but it's like I casually. Yeah. I mean like the dude like like I'll hit up Casey and be like, "Hey, fucking here's uh, this kid, here's a, his look at his clips. He's got a filmer. He's fucking putting his shit out there. 
take a chance on this kid. Put him on your squad. Like, whatever. And, like, I'll hit up my the same dude that put me on um, the SOP beat. He's back working at SOP. I send him clips. Dude, mm-hmm. here's some dudes that are fucking killing it. I send him Cooper. You know, anyone I know that's here and is crushing, I will send the footage. I don't know what happens with it after yep. that. I can't speak to that. But uh, Scotty's the same way. It's like if he sees someone that's, like, really fucking doing it and putting it. Rapping. Yeah, in the meantime, like we're that, trying to make something here for kids, like – do you remember Beer City Skateboards? I think they're still around. Yeah, yeah. I remember from the 80s and 90s, a dude always had an ad in the back of Thrasher. He always was repping his shit. I didn't get it when I was a kid. I was like, fuck, is Beer City. But now I'm looking at it, and like that dude built a legacy out there like in Wisconsin. You know, and, and um, it always, was in Wisconsin, right? I always it? hated the name for some reason. But it's Milwaukee. They're Beer City. I get and that's it what they're about. Though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I'm, I don't think I'm the target, but they, their shapes are gnarly. Are they? Yeah. They have a rad team, from what I heard. Or yeah. they had a rad team at one if point. If you wanted a sick board, you can find a sick board from yeah. them. But, excuse me, uh, imagine what Milwaukee skate scene would be without Beer City. Oh, I know. Right? I mean, there's people there that I don't know about that fucking ripped that had a, had a skate thing because of that. You know, and that's kind of what I'm hoping to do with dirt. I know that like how, how many years has it been? It's been almost two years. Actually, no, it's been two years. Yeah. Tw- 2020, December 2020. We just did two years. I thought it was longer than that, but I guess not. No, but and the thing is, like, I know that like there are people that don't necessarily appreciate what we're doing or don't know what we're doing, and and maybe just don't like it. Whatever. That, that's I don't every care. brand. That's what brands are, though. Yeah, right? exactly. You know that. And I mean, you I like know brands, right? I know these are people that I see on a regular basis, and. And that's okay. I don't give a shit. And you know, like, like that. Unfortunately, if you say unfortunately for this, it don't really matter. That's kind of yeah. like what skaters are. Yeah, they like trendy. judge shit that yeah. they don't like hard, oh. and it, it's a it's hush. I probably get hit it on behind my back, but if you nobody hates on me in my face because I don't fucking yeah, exactly. Don't and matter. I I have I actually I've reached out to Adam before, and I know he's kind of like ah, I don't really want. He doesn't want to be tied down to something, but I'm Never like, dude, skate for a company. You know what I mean? No, the thing yeah. Is, dude, like, Adam, if you would want to ride for us, in this, I'd put you on in a second. You know, he's not the kind of he's. I mean, obviously, you want a gnarly skater to wreck yeah. your shit, but Adam's set on boards. Oh, yeah, for sure. So he don't need your... No. Not, not like that. But no, no, he, no, no. I know. I get it. You don't need like, your boards. I, mean, I like, know. I'm not hurt by it at all. I get it. And, like, like, he's a geek, so he can't just get no, he tied wants, down he to He nothing. wants exactly, like, I want to ride a Pete's Pig one day. I want to ride a Hookups board the next day. There I'm going to ride a Swan Comet board the next day. There I get you go. It. Like, I know what he's doing. I, he'd, I, he'd, I, he'd probably skate what, what, one of these, though. I'd be I'm stoked to see him on it. He's probably going to get hyped because I think he's going to be hyped. I'm on a smaller board now. I've been complaining about my long board a little. Other thing, too, is I don't want to be tied into, like, a specific, like, I don't want to be like, oh, anti-hero they're all just gnarly dudes like no one does flip tricks i want the dudes that fucking do flip tricks and i want this like we have skylar on our team that kid fucking rips bowls yep. dude he does shit that i don't even think about doing on transition and i love that like um we just put preston on i met preston through scott and um that kid well he's not a kid he's almost he's a fucking 35 year old man but he still skates amazing like for his age he's he skates at a level that 20-year-old dudes want to skate at. And he's in his 30s. And I'm uh-huh. like, yeah. And, I, and the shitty thing is, like, the industry doesn't want to take chances on people like that. If, if you aren't already in the industry in your 30s, they're not going to take a chance on you. And location really matters in the industry, Huge. too. It's stupid. You got to be in California or New York or, like, you a don't. city, right? You really don't. Like, the internet like in, helps. My, in my the opinion. The internet helps. The internet helps. Yeah, yeah. But I even I think there was a moment where, like... But big brands, all the big brands are... 
Yeah, I don't know. Because well, FA, not anymore, but... FA is kind of like a New York thing, right? I mean, like, so if you're in New York or near New York, you probably can get some shine. Yeah. Um, there's stuff happening down in Florida. I don't remember who's down there, but there's stuff in Florida that you can get hooked up with. But I think, like, Santa Cruz and Powell and those guys, they'll pretty much put anyone on anywhere. Like, at this point, I think you could be living in Osaka, Japan, and get on Santa Cruz, uh-huh. you know, if, if you're good. Um, and I think that, like, that's... That's like Go Miyagi. Do you remember that guy? He he like retired from professional skating, but he was a Japanese skater on um, I think it was on heroin or Baker or something. Oh like no that. shit! Yeah, I'm, this is, I always there's just a... thought it was cool. He was repping that out there, you yeah, know, because yeah, yeah. he like wasn't in with the other guys. Yeah. He was just on his own thing. I'm, somebody was on like Girl or Chocolate at one point, and they had they were in Japan. So, um, yeah. So that's where we're at with that, dude. And and I don't know, like, I'm just trying. I'm gonna keep doing it until I can't do it anymore, basically. Yep. And and I'm hoping, like, right now, I just handed. I'm a bit of a control freak and, and I've done too much like I, I made this too much about me for a little bit and I realized that recently and I'm like okay so I, I handed okay. off the Instagram shit to Austin who skates for us that's not you on there ever not anymore I mean I, I, I will answer DMs and shit and, I, and I'll probably run ads in case I ever DM you yeah, yeah oh, absolutely yeah. no 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 for sure you, and you can say hey is this Josh or Austin but I just asked you know I kind of handed off because Austin already does really cool shit with the East Coast Hardcore Real shit um, he's making edits and doing his own stuff. And, I know and, that page. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. He skates for us. And um, I just like that. And that dude's another example of, like, he is a really, really, really rad skater that he does shit, like, that I don't see other people doing. You know, like, he tries things that I don't see other people trying. That's why I wanted him on the team. Um, and he's just got a rad attitude. Like, for me, you have to be a good person. I don't yep. want to – if you're a fucking scumbag, I probably don't want to hang out with you. Like With anything, right? It's like, yeah. It's not that much different. It's a passion project. Right. Right? So it's not that much different than a, starting a rock band. Yeah. Or a like, label. Or it's, or it's, like, it's like doing a label. Yeah. Or whatever else independent creative yeah. outlet it is, you know. Um, That's it. And you know, I back it, man. I think it's cool. And I think this graphic looks good on this board. Dude, Raymond fucking destroyed those graphics. They are so rad. I'm to me. I'm a sucker for blue. Yeah. I like, dude, the colors are sick. The, just, he you, nailed. You're going to get that as your next tat or what, bro? Have you seen? I only have one tattoo. I, I have some bad tats. We'll, we'll, we'll do a tat check and then and then we'll, we'll close it out because we oh, yeah. can't we're, do a three-hour podcast. Oh, okay. no worries, dude. Sorry, man. Can I, real quick, can I just talk a little bit about MSA real quick? I'll yeah, just... but what's your tattoo? Oh, hold on. P-Man. P-Man? My what the same, hell is, is he My same son who drew the Hell Waits. Oh, wow. He drew this when he was like seven. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a little history to it, but the short version is he just, he drew this and I found it and it became a thing. I so. getting that on your bicep. <laughs> that a big, big though. I don't know, the dude. Whole arm. Yeah, I don't know. That's a big one, man. Uh, maybe the reach. Maybe I just the got reach. A, a few small ones. I, I'm, I'm not a tech guy, really. I, I just think neither. they look cool. I, I wish like I was ballsy and had like stay true or something like you know. But I, I, no, I can't. Do it. I can't do it. Either. I got two oh. piercings. I have three piercings now. Actually, I, so, I know. So yeah, I'm getting alternative. I'm a wuss when it comes. Way. I'm a wuss when it comes to needles. These don't hurt. Really? It's the second, dude. I was like. You I know, saw a dude do one in the, the middle of the hurts. nose. Yeah, he he was crying. And these, I these, not bad. Oh. It just hurts when you rip them out on accident with a towel or something. No, I'm but good, dude. I, 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 it's a new metal. I'm trying to get back into the swing of pain in skateboarding. So yeah. All right. So yeah. What main skateboard association? So here's what happened. Dave Bean used to throw contests. You Are heard you, about those? Yeah, of course. And I've skated that inside place before. Okay, so. I don't know Dave really well, but I went to one of the contests in Lewiston. I was a little bit bummed just because it was like, this seems a little unorganized. It doesn't seem like. Right. And I was like, dude, we could do this better. And then I was trying to get involved with Dane. I don't want to take over his shit. I just thought like, maybe I can help, you know, and maybe we get some more kids of these things, you know. Okay. And, um, and then he just 
canceled it out of nowhere. He's like, ah. Men's Skate Association? No, so that wasn't his. The contest. I, the contest were his. I came up with the Main Skateboard Association. I think he called his thing the Main Skate Park Series. So or what is the Main Skate Association? Main Skateboard Association is an organization that I started. I, I basically told Dave, I'm going to take these contests over and I'm going to throw them myself. He said, all right. So we did the first summer was 2021. We did four contests. And in doing that, I connected with Andrew Loman in Bangor, who helped get the Bangor Park. He threw his own contest there, but I came up and helped him um, just support it. And um, the Augusta contest that we did, I talked with uh, Toby or Tobias um, and Zach Lyons. Um, they both skated professionally at different points and um, asked them would they be interested in helping. And then I just sort of roped other people in, like Bobby Gray, who used to run the um, – he didn't run, but he, he kind of managed the skateboards out of the basketball park. So there's more people than you to this. Oh, there's like 15 of us. So it's a real association. It's a real thing. We're a 501 You heard it here first. I don't know if that's ever been questioned, but I never realized there was a, a – Oh, we are a legit nonprofit. Association. We are a main, a main A real nonprofit. nonprofit. Yeah. So our thing is build culture, contests, events, build skate parks. Sick. So the Waterville Skate Park, we got that built. Nice. They had a plan. Incredible. It was going to be a prefab park. To, Tobias, so we, I kind of, we stepped in and elected Tobias as our president because he knows how to do shit. He got the Augusta. If it's the guy for the job, then that's, that's who, it. He, he does it. Exactly, I, yeah, yes. I, I've helped with parks. So he got the Augusta expansion done. Um, and then he was able to use the organization to go into Waterville and say, hey, why don't you let us help? And we raised 30 grand. And got that um, Waterville Park into a full cement park. It's not huge, but if you live in Waterville, you're probably fucking stoked. You know what I mean? Like it's. Eh. So we're now working with Brunswick. We stopped from what was going to be an all prefab park, which it's still going to be some prefab. But we were able to go in and say, "Look, stop. You're spending too much money on this. You're doing too much of this. Let us help. Let us." In. And so we got involved. And now the Brunswick Park will be better than right. what was originally yep. scheduled to be. Um, Farmington's going to get a park, and Tobias pretty much single-handedly went in it's in design right now we're not sure what the funding is yet we don't know but we're going to help with the fundraising mm -hmm. and that's something we've been able to do and it's something we're going to keep doing and so like not everybody's stoked about the designs and stuff that we're kind of helping i, I, I don't want to say we're designing them because we're not but there's been kind of like a you're supporting these designs yeah and, we, and we've been working with a company that that's kind of their mo but i don't think like i don't want people to think like oh that's all we're ever going to do this is just we're just getting our bearings, you know. Yeah. We're we're one year into doing this. Only one year. And three fucking parks. Do you have built. plans for like the spring or summer like events? So next year we'll have four contests plus a fifth okay. finals. So we do four cities. It's usually Portland, Augusta, Bangor, and Lewiston, and then um, and then the finals. We did a bath and we invited anyone who placed. You had an automatic spot in the finals, and then anyone who wanted to try could come and and basically there was a free session to come and skate. And if you got pulled, you you know if you if you showed up, you got into the finals, um, and then so it's like kind of like Tampa Am, you know, like like you go out and play at one of the big contests and you get in, okay. show up and, and show off and you get in. Okay. So and then from there, we just had uh, three rounds and then it was like you know the best skaters moved into the next round and kept going until it was over. Um, we have generated money for the prizes and i know people aren't doing it for the money but it's just nice to hey here's a hundred bucks because you won the fucking yeah, contest yeah, no, you know? yeah, it's nice to give something besides like not hating on decks decks are a good place but like money is a cool thing for yeah. especially a young kid to get yeah if you're 25 and you get a hundred bucks you're gonna have a good time you know so whatever i'll have a good time with a, i can make a hundred dollars yeah. shopping go go sweet water have good, get a pedal have find a good a pedal dinner yeah i know that it, whatever the lady so who knows um 
so yeah, we we just that's it, man. I mean, it's it's not anything more greater than that. If um, you ever need an MC, I can, I can hold my tongue. I yeah. actually can not swear, dude. Scotty does. I it. swear, we, there's mildly no, on purpose when I do it. This isn't, but Mr. I let, let it go. This isn't Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. I mean, right. it's skateboarding. If, if the parents come out, they know that you know we're we're yeah. I never seen somebody swear like me. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, but I can hold my tongue. You know? Yeah, but if you ever want to come on MC one, we'd be happy to have that'd you. That'd be fun. I, I and I've done MCs before. I'm so we will have a schedule out soon. We're gonna be knocking that out pretty quickly here, and um, and hopefully we're gonna have some plans for like we're kind of we're kind of like not splitting the group, but we're kind of dividing the labor. So like one group one group's gonna be people who are focused on the contest, and other groups gonna be people who are focus on the park building right and so i'm i'm stepping out of, i helped get the contesting going but i really want to focus on the skate park stuff um brunswick was the first town meeting i went to as a member of this and and represented and and i was nervous as fuck but i but i pulled it off and i actually convinced them to let us they they are like we want you guys to help and so we're in you know we're doing it it um, is possible to be a voice for skateboarding in small communities it, it is it, it's really weird and you do have to play by rules kind of a little bit like yeah, it's a politics game and yeah. like people are so they have no fucking clue what they're talking about with skate parks you know so that makes it difficult but no matter the age just like do whatever seems basic even uh you know how old orchard beach park with the fire was originally yeah. left for that was eric santos one of my best friends we grew up with no park the park was shut down for years and cl- this, classic yeah. went to the town hall just like you, you hear like you yeah. think that never worked and did it work no, it took 10 fucking years yeah it takes them forever but that was the original ball rolling yeah. with it it's awesome so and, you know and I, I come from an era with really no support parks. that yeah I come from the era of no skate parks we skated streets we got mm. kicked out that's of how I learned how to skate was yeah. the roads like an asshole we skated parking lots and fucking yeah. you yeah. know schoolyards and shit and, and we got kicked out we were not welcomed um, it wasn't like it is today, like, you know, where people are like, oh, you're on TV. Like, no, they fucking hated us, dude. We used to, when the town I lived in, there was a lot, a lot of, like, um, agriculture and rodeo shit. And there were dudes in a pickup truck that would drive around and they would try and throw lassos yeah. and lasso us. And luckily one day the cops actually fucking caught them doing it. But, I mean, 12, 13 years old, we got 18-year-old kids trying to beat us up, you know, because we're... So, it was not... Uh, <laughs> accepted on any, even though it's really not that accepted right it is more than ever it's but, definitely more acceptable now than and it you ever know has been. like people like alternative culture of anything skateboarding whatever like punk rock you're into it's like um really like a lot more accepted nowadays than yeah. ever it seems you know oh, even sure. when I was growing up I'm already seeing it progress like people can like dress pretty rad whenever they want for instance like for, what's that that remember the documentary was like punk is dead or something and the dude from social D yeah was Mike. on it yeah he was on there talking he's like these fucking moms he was so jaded it was hilarious because I and I totally understood he what was an saying. original punk like the, he was dressing he's, crazy yeah. back in the day with makeup oh yeah no I, I remember I, yeah. I love social D and he's like he was shitting he's like these fucking moms coming down their kids have green hair they were they wouldn't fucking talk to me when I had green hair and I like totally knew what he was getting at because right. I like I went through that too man Amazing. and I'm a, and I'm a generation later than him you know yeah. so like I, I saw some of it too you know yeah absolutely like it, it it's definitely become like it's cool that you can go to the mall and you can get fucking manic panic like we couldn't do right. that when I was a kid you had to go I find did have shit. a bit of mall culture because I could go to the hot topic and get like yeah. rancid shirts but at the same time those same years my, my middle school principal. Dumped my head under the water because I had green hair and yeah. it was making me trying to it wash out. it out. Yeah, yeah. So that's like in the 2000s. So I mean, that that you don't see that shit these days. No, they couldn't touch you. Oh no, yeah. no. good. You know what I mean. So yeah. that was it's, I, I saw a little bit, but I did actually go. I, you know, and I, I mean, 
If only Hot Topic wasn't an anime store now and they had a... Ra- I, I bet I could get a Rancid shirt there. I still probably wouldn't buy it. I, I, I will... It's funny. If they had a good shirt there, I'd buy it. Why not? I don't go to the mall much. My kids hate on Zoomies. And, and I, I have a weird conflicting thing about Zoomies because I understand that in, in places like where I grew up where they don't have skate shops... There you go. Zoomies is a skate shop. Yeah, sure. I don't appreciate that the owner of Zoomies or whoever the conglomerate is that owns Zoomies now will put a Zoomies where there is a skate shop because that's fucked up. Same with Vans. Yeah. You know, Vans is just Vans as makes evil local skateboard stores close. Yeah. Or won't, or, or at least they'll stop selling Vans. And and I have a weird thing because I like if Vans. If they're shoes. allowed to start, stop selling Vans or something, you know? Yeah. Sometimes they get stuck with them. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the, it's a it's a rough place to be because I love that Vans is able to put money into skateboarding like they they're are. They're my favorite shoes. Yeah, and I've heard you talk about them, and I and I do like like I like their shoes, but I'm rocking like these Americas. I can't skate in because they're too wide in the toes. Um, the 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 foot thing. Those is- are what I you know I like Soltech, America, Etnies, and S. I used to. They make an all all of those make high quality vegan they're, lines. They're fucking great shoes. I, I'm skating S right but now, but they're too wide for my foot. My feet are, are narrow. Wide? Yeah, I have cup, to wear narrow shoes. You don't like a cup sole. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Okay. Cup sole a, a or lot of those are cup it's soles. it's the actual like the way they design their soles of their shoes are just wider than most shoes. Really? Like, they're just a little bit wide, and so for my feet, and I'm really like sensitive about Why don't that. Why you skate Vans? You don't I, like them? I do, but I try. But I try to support. Those are narrow. Those yeah, no, absolutely. Feet. I love so half, cab, half cabs. They will shape your feet if you wear them. Yeah, I have, I've like, had a lot of people have Vans feet. Half cabs, Trujillo's, and um, fuck, what are the Vans that I wear? Those are two classic shoes yeah. right there. The Trujillo's were sick. They're like an orange color one. Um, I like, uh, I've been rocking Stray's. Stray is. I know that shoe. Is that Jamie, Jamie Thomas? Thomas? Yeah. And they're making these rad shoes. Um, they're cheap. They're for like 50 bucks. And I, and I get behind that. Like, as an idealist that Vans I am. Vans are expensive now. They are. They're like eighty bucks. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing about skateboarding is you're gonna fuck those shoes up. So why do I have to pay hundred bucks for them? Like why can't I get a good pair of shoes for fifty bucks? And that's what Stray is. And I like Stray for that. And um, I also support State because they have people that I know, like Matt Rodriguez, and like people I don't know who I respect, like Fred Gall, get shoes on there. And I know that helps them pay their bills. Yeah. So I will go buy a pair of Matt Rodriguez shoes or Fred Gall shoes because I know it helps them out. Um, but I like that fucking Nike, and even though I, New Balance. Yeah, Adidas. I like that they're putting their money into skateboarding. I wish Reebok had a shoe. <coughs> they do. In the 2000s, I, no, I heard they, 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 I heard they, heard they have a Reebok skate shoe coming back. I always like the Reebok classic look. Yeah, I liked um, the, the flat white sole basketball shoe. What about Cortez SB? Wouldn't that be pretty gangster? No? If they could make it work. <sighs> the Cortez's Cortez. are dope, but the soles the wouldn't work. Are, I know, yeah. but how, how would they make it skate? They couldn't, right? Nah, and I'm a real big advocate. I was going to tell you. We can talk about it offline. They would have to ch- change change the soul, I guess. I'm a big advocate. On we should wrap it up, though, okay. because yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we're going to be three hours Norris, and ten Norris. minutes. Yeah, sorry, man. No, I had a feeling great I was... Podcast. Great podcast. Did I, did I set a fucking record, dude? I think this probably is... <laughs> just, right now is breaking the record. <laughs> right now, on the Mormon Voice Audio Show, this might be the longest podcast. Oh, I should And that's known, okay. Dude. No, it's okay. And, like, I'm all, I've never split anything up i don't think i'm about to but it can go too man I'll, people will listen to it and like i'll just push it for like that'd be rad this will be b- between I'm, weeks okay okay so, i'm, I'm you know stoked I mean? man this one's uh, probably come out in like february dude okay all right or yeah. something you know that's I, fine, I got dude. quite a bit but, i'm stoked uh, you got people on. what were you just saying uh oh so you've been talking about your knee so please do me Run a favor go on to um knees over toes guy Okay. He's on Instagram and he's on YouTube. He has free workout stuff for you. You really? can pay to get to use their services. I think I've heard of knees over. Dude, I've been. I can't talk enough about this. One of the things you should start doing. You, do you belong to a gym? No. Okay. Do you have a treadmill? I I only run outside. Okay. If you have a place you can go safely and run backwards, 
You don't have to run hard. You can jog. You can just even walk backwards. Backwards walking is going to help get blood flow and circulation into your knee. And it's, and it's specifically because it's, it has to do with your knees and your toes. Like, so the, the old school idea of not putting your knee, your knees out over your toes is incorrect. And we've been taught the wrong thing for so long. I've heard this. Yeah. And so people are training to strengthen their knees so that they can go out over their toes. Because even think of when you like land on your skateboard, as you come down and compress, your knees go out over your toes. And a lot of knee injuries happen in that instance. A lot of basketball players. So these guys are all basketball players that do this. Um, when they come down, they run like motherfuckers. Yeah, but when they jump and they come down, their knees, just like skateboarding, their knees compress and go out over their toes, and that's where a lot of basketball injuries happen. So these guys who started this shit, Ben Patrick and these guys, are old basketball players who developed these workouts and did a bunch of research. So a lot of this stuff was already out there, but they helped bring it all together and find exercises that help strengthen knees and help end knee injuries. And as a guy who fucked my knee up really bad, it's been very helpful for me to get my knee strong again. I have a really bad range of motion. My left knee, it's the one I, I dislocated. Um, I completely tore my ACL in half and it had to be re-put together with my fucking hamstring. And then, Ouch, dude. And then they ACLs had to, can take people out for athletics forever. Forever, Classic, yeah. Right? yeah Classic no, that was, it was in my head, dude. So, um, but this guy has been helping me, dude. And I, the exercises they put on there, they work. And they have what they call regression. So you can start at a low level. I really need to going. do something like that. I will no, Toes, knees, knees over, over toes. toes. Yeah. I'm going to Instagram it yeah, to you. You're gonna, I'll, I'll DM it to you. And, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tag them in, in when I post this. I want to do that because all I do for stretching is my same basic stretch that I do before every workout. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I had never felt better in life than when I was able to run. I couldn't run a half marathon every other run, but I could if I planned that's on awesome. one. And I, You know yeah. what I mean? I think and, the most I could nice do is weather. like six miles. Dude. Like, you know? I think that's the most I've run. It's, it's like, well, that's I'm a, a good mile. That, that's a good standard, yeah. too. But We're that's talking... why I hurt myself, dude, because I was doing that. Yeah, yeah. And like four days a week, five days a week sometimes. I went and saw an uh, osteo doctor because I, I rolled. I did a high ankle sprint. So I rolled my knee, my ankle this way. I was trying to go to back tail. I was all excited. I was having a good skate session. I tried to go to back tail. I fucking missed and came down and tweaked my ankle. And this was just in like May. Um, and I had already ruptured my Achilles once and I did it again at the low end and I didn't understand why. I was like, okay, it's been six to eight weeks. My ankle should be not be sprained anymore. It still fucking hurts. Every time I half cab or try to back 180 or something and I land on that ball of my foot, God, I feel like someone's stabbing me in the fucking ankle. Right. Go to see. I gave it three months, which was way longer than I should have waited. And she goes, oh, well, yeah, no, you, you ruptured your Achilles again. And she goes, I, I could see in the x-ray where you did it originally, and I could see where you done and it you, so, so you're practicing some, like, pretty, like, matter-of-fact stretches to yep. pinpoint these issues, stretches, which is what you need to do. There's stretches that pinpoint stretches, your problems. but more so exercises. Yeah. So, um, and I'll send you the shit. You can do what you want with I it. I lift weights now. Yeah. That's my new thing. But these are, like, I'll show you some of the workouts when we get down here. But some of the stuff takes weight, some doesn't. And you can do them as your warm-ups. So, like, I do 10 minutes of backwards walking on treadmill. They call it dead milling. So you leave the treadmill off and you use the resistance to push so you get strength. Interesting. Yeah, and, and um, but I've got a sled coming, so I'll be able to tie in and pull weight. So I walk backwards and pull a sled. Do you have a bicycle? Uh, I do, but I haven't ridden it in years. I, I, I was riding a lot of – even up to a year ago, I just haven't really had – I like to like run more than bike, but yeah. the bike is, feels a lot better on my knees. Yeah, it's but definitely I'll, I'll, I'll still end up limping sometimes. You know yeah. what I mean? This has been a good episode with Josh. It's been a long episode. It's been a long episode, but it's fine. I've had some long ones ever. Sometimes, like it's like at least we're not the only ones. Yeah. Because next door they're still jamming, That's which good. I'm surprised about. I'm, I'm happy for. Appreciate this. you making the trip out to this little um. 
practice base. That was my friend's base amp. Did you see that? Two, four, six. That's an eight by ten base amp. Jesus. Mine's like a little bit shorter than that, but wider. Um, I mean, thank you again for he, the, he gave me a fucking skateboard deck. You gave me two t-shirts and a big Stack fist of stickers, of stickers yeah. with some patches on it. Stoked, dude. And I gave you a single green koozie. It's the last piece of merch it I have. It will get rocked. So I, don't I, worry. I, I wish I had stickers. I got nothing. I want to I want to support you. So when you get shirts, I want to buy one. I think what you're doing is awesome, and the only reason what I- What size are you? I'm a 2X, or X, XL 2X. I can get you a 2X. When you get them. But if you didn't tell me, I wouldn't have got you one. But the only reason I was afraid to come on here in the first place is exactly what just happened, is I would talk for four fucking hours. It's a podcast. I know, but- <laughs> So, thank you for letting me come on here and uh, air my dirty laundry, and uh, you know, it was, it was really rad to meet you and, and talk to you. I know we skated together before, but it's good to- Shoot the shit. Definitely. Yeah. I'd love to have you back on. Absolutely, man. I'll come um, back. If you want to give a shout out to any of your like um, social, social media. Oh, yeah. So um, dirt. at Dirt Skateboards, it's Dirt underscore Skateboards, I believe. And on Instagram or on Facebook, it's Dirt Skateboard Cooperative because we were kind of flirting with the idea of making it like a nonprofit. Uh, I don't know. It never really panned out that way. Uh, and at Main Skateboard Association um, on Instagram, that's our uh, nonprofit. Here on the Mormon Voice Audio Show, of course, you can listen to me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's it. And the Instagram. That's it. That's all we got here. Hope you all enjoy the fucking show. Thank you for coming on. This has been awesome. Um, rock and roll music. <laughs> no coffee slam because I drank it all. I know, dude. You shouldn't do those anymore anyways. <laughs> when I hear you guys doing that, I'm like, they're going to fucking die. <laughs>